Sophie, how are you doing? Noob, what you doing? Oh, Getting... working, selling shit, you know, finishing my last <laughs> year, bookkeeping, you know. It was a good year, actually. It's good. Yeah, I, I kind of have a relatively light week now that I've... My colleague has come back, which is great. Um, everything's looking good today. Um, it does, yeah. I think everything's going to moon. So I think that uh, that sort of BTC dump we had, that sort of like short liquidation, um, what has it been like? On this, I think it was on the second, I think, or something third, something like that. Um, pretty much liquidated most of the uh, long positions in both BTC and then subsequently yesterday, sort of like you know dump in the alt space. Pretty much uh, reset everything. Looks really good. Um, like in particular, um, let's just go through one by one here. Injective um, is looking good. I think it'll break its high here in a little bit. Um, so whatever autism tokens you're going to buy, I would probably get them. Because um, uh, it's pretty much like a leverage play right now on the AMM of Injective. So if Injective um, 2x is now, which I think is where it's going, then um, you should see like quite a bit larger move in, in autism. So if people are playing with that, trading it, whatever, holding it, should be fun to watch it go up. Um, Injective kind of did like, um, it topped out at like 44.80. And then it did a pullback to about 29 bucks um, in this recent drop, which is pretty much very close to the 50 day moving average um for it and um it kind of double bottomed and put in a higher low really on the next run where it's like the first dip was 28 dollars. this next dip um yesterday was like 33 so now we're just basically skyrocketing off of that and i think like chart looks really really smooth for injective i think it's going to do well now um i have its next fib levels at uh, 59 and um uh, 92 uh, it's currently priced at 42, and I think it'll break its high here in, in a little bit. Um, there's really just nothing obvious, like technical, keeping it down. Uh, BTC, of course, is like um, making a local high. Uh, it's at like 46K now. And um, I mentioned this before, it's like it, there's no real like fib resistance of any significance through... Um, all the way to its prior high at about 69K. Um, the really interesting move in the altcoin space will happen if we break prior high. It's kind of like a um, being in price discovery for Bitcoin would be very, very positive for just about everything, obviously. Um, 
and it would pretty much alleviate most fears that we're going to have some kind of like big dump or something related to ETFs. I don't think that we're going to have an ETF related dump uh, of any significance. And the reason why is because I think we already had it. I think that was like, uh, that was what we had pretty much uh, this on, on the second or third when, when we had that dump. Um, after that, I think it's just going to run. Uh, if we have the ETF stuff, I think there's some news that it's going to be potentially announced Wednesday. So um, I just don't think there's any substantial negative catalyst at this point. And um, I think people are just going to front run the assumption that it's going to actually be approved. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm unimpressed by this idea that it's going to be some kind of big dump. Even if there was, who cares? Like, so what? It goes down 5,000 or something. Not a big deal. We'll do well either way because most of our bags have been packed long ago. And um, all of our shit's going to go up, so there's not really much to worry about. Um, let's see. What, what other cool charts are here? Um, um, the, the pain trade that everyone's wondering, hey, when's it going up? When's it going up? There's quite a few like larger cap things that haven't moved much yet, like Dogecoin and um, Atom and things of this nature. Um, Adam pulled back pretty much to its um, pretty much to support at nine dollars, and I think it's just ready to rip as well. So I think like it's been kind of headed, it was headed kind of straight up from six dollars all the way to about twelve, and now from like nine to around like sixteen, I think is its next move. So if you own any Adam or plan on selling it or whatever, like sixteen would be a next target, and then like the big resistance for Adam would be like twenty bucks, and beyond that, it's just basically blue skies. Um, it'd be nice to get like Cosmos, I think will really moon if we hit like 105 Adam, um, which sounds insane right now, but like, just wait, <laughs> like once you have BTC run, all of the higher market cap stuff just starts to catch a bid big time. Um, right now, like people are just kind of in this disbelief phase and not deploying as much capital as they probably could because they're, um, just not paying attention to the fact that like we're in bull market times coming. Um, you know, happening of uh, Bitcoin being April, um, you know, it's like the strongest meme in crypto. So this stuff is coming, just a matter of time. Um, so what else is uh, interesting charts here? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Chainlink has pretty much the same chart as Adam. Um, did a nice little, you know, altcoin dip there and um, put in another higher low. Um, so it dipped almost to FIB support at like $12. It went to like $12.28. And then the dip uh, that we had again um, was like to 1260, which is really um, a higher low. So we kind of retested this area that got liquidated to uh, the other day and um, things are going up again. I think this time, um, this is the, f this will be like the fourth or fifth attempt at trying to break um, the resistance for Chainlink at about 1590. I think if you get, um, like now is a pretty reasonable price for Chainlink. It's at $14 or yesterday when it was like close to 13, that was a great price to get in. Um, yesterday when I said get everything, I meant it like 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 everything is gonna go up again. Um, other cool stuff, let's see. Um, like, let's see what happened to Kujira. So, so every time these like liquidation dumps happen, um, you know, how much does a coin drop is really important to look for. It gives an idea of like how much leverage longs are in the system uh, and how much how many people are playing on leverage. Um, and you want the coins that don't have too much leverage longs baked in, or if they did, you want them to be completely wrecked. Um, Link was one of those. Adam was one of those. A fair amount of like really, really aggressive downside moves. 
But um, in on Kujira, you had like a pretty good support formation at about $4 for the past month, basically. And this recent dip um, yesterday, um, only we went down like $4.10. I think that looks really good. Um, previously, there's already been tests of $2.50 and uh, like the $3 level for about a month and a half. So I think now the $4 level has been formed as kind of a decent support for Kajira at this point. And doesn't appear to be that many folks left to liquidate. Otherwise, it would have happened yesterday. So I think it's now like a pretty good chance to retest prior high at 5.58. I bought in a little high. I bought some more at like 4.90 or something, which, you know, I figured might break out or could, you know, dip again, which it did. So I'm, you know, I'm a little lower on my position than when I bought it. But basically, I think the 5.58 level is just simply a matter of time. Uh, market cap for Kujira is like half a billion. And um, uh, like we could easily see Kujira get to like... Uh, like, I don't know, like I kind of, oh, I redrew its fibs um, a little bit here. Um, actually, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I redrew its fibs on my chart from like the 51 cent or 52 cent bottom to the recent top at 5.58. That puts its like, um, its levels at 10 and about 15, $24. And then the next is about 60. I think um, getting up into those upper ranges is very, very easily feasible for Kajira. And I think, uh, Anyone who's selling at this level is just either a market maker or stupid or something. So like, I would just hold on to this stuff for the coming year um, with Kajira. Um, let's see what other interesting ones here. So let's see what happened to Fetch. Fetch is an interesting one because and Fetch and Akash are the AI plays that are kind of interesting um, at a little higher market caps. Um, um, Fetch like topped out at originally seventy nine cents. Um, it double dipped to 56 cents, both of these re recent liquidations. Um, so I think it has seen most of its uh, lows. Hopefully we see like a break to pr a prior high at $1.20 next. Uh, I've been watching for that for the past like oh month or so. Um, yeah, since late November till now, I've been waiting for that high break. Um, hasn't happened yet, but um, you still got about a you know, almost a two X from here to get to all time high, which is dollar twenty. So not a bad um, place to add at this moment. I think if you're betting on um, a break of prior high at a dollar twenty, and then next fib level at about four dollars and seventy or four dollars and eighty cents, right around that level. So fetches a gamble on a break of high, a gamble on AI narrative, and basically like a target fib extensions of four eighty and about ten dollars. Um, I think that $10 number looks kind of magical. <laughs> Some people are arguing for like even higher than that at 27. Man, I'd have to see it to believe it. But um, getting to about 10 would be very, very viable in a bull run for Fetch, um, just judging by how it's done so far and like just generally good volume over the past year related to AI shit. Um, it's looking good. Then the other one is Akash, AKT. I've been holding that one for years. And um, I think my average price is probably sub $2 somewhere. Um, and um, it's in a 303. It barely even budged on this recent um, liquidation. Um, it's like 319 was its top, local top, and it dropped about 280. It's now 303, basically showing like really, really good strength, even with Adam dropping, um, which oftentimes will drag it down. It really didn't do much at all. So I think like Akash is just set to do really well. There's quite a few articles and shit coming about, come out, coming out about it. 
um, lumping it in with various like decentralized infrastructure plays. Um, and I think like it has an air of legitimacy because it actually does shit. So I think it's going to do really, really well this bull run. Um, again, if BTC like breaks all time high, um, uh, I, I think like uh, Akash will head off to like, I don't know, you know, La La Land at like $24 or maybe even like 45. That would be the two Fib extensions above its prior high. Prior high was at $8.48. Um, it's currently under a billion market cap. It just broke the top 100, I think, again. So it's become a little bit more visible. And um, I think uh, it has a long way to run from here, probably from here. Um, like an eight to 20 X, something like that would be feasible even from here. Um, just in speculative irrationality, <laughs> no one's ever claiming that these things are worth this. This just how these things move. Um, so yeah, Akash looking good. Stargaze, if you hold stars tokens, that's looking really good. Um, it really didn't pull back at all during this recent dump. Um, and it continues to sort of just trek its way up to its prior bear market high of six cents, six fifty. It's currently at 440. So if you don't own stars, um, I think there's definitely still a lot of upside there. Hey, Mayor. I was just gonna I was just gonna mention Stargaze to you, Sophie. Yeah. That's the one I think you need to keep an eye on. Yeah. They 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 did the, the tokenomics, they did a thirdening. Mm -hmm. So the inflation went down January 1st. So um I think a lot of the you know, all the FUD is out of the way yeah. on Stargaze. There's no real FUD involved here in Stargaze. So I think we're good. And uh, I, I'm in some, I'm in some groups, some, some telegram groups. It looks like there's some Solana money coming over some Solana, uh, NFT players coming over to play. Yeah. So. I saw that a little bit of commentary on that. So that's good. Yeah. Getting some, I, I think it's the premier location besides, um, maybe Omniflix for, um, for, uh, playing on Cosmos related NFTs. And I think any kind of NFT platforms that might emerge on other platforms like Injective and other places are probably, I don't know how far away those things are. It's Talus. It's Talus is on Injective right Talus, now. okay. Yeah, so Talus uh, is yeah. a good team. Um, yeah, I don't know how much um, value they're going to capture versus Stargaze, but um, it's going to become easier and easier for a lot of the various Cosmos folks to understand that they can just swap from things uh, using uh, IBC and stuff. And I think once people start, you know, getting better and better at that, it'll just, it's a bull case for uh, things like Stargaze, which you, you might not notice otherwise, but you're like, oh, all I have to do is push this button over here and buy some coins. All right. <laughs> like, I think uh, you'll have quite a few people that feel injective rich and those injective rich people are going to buy shit. Uh, similar, similarly, like Kujira folks, I think are going to be very, very wealthy. Um, people who got in relatively early are going to be pretty, pretty uh, Kujira rich as, and um, going to be able to blow some money on all sorts of BS, NFTs, whatever. Because think about it, like, if you're up millions on your Kujira or something, like, you know, spending 100 grand on NFTs, it's like, it's just not a big deal at that point. Um, and I think uh, you'll see a lot of NFT stuff, like, um, really yeah, later in. Yeah, Steffi, I wanted to, just um if if it's not on your radar mm -hmm. i i'm sure you're familiar with it manta dow <clears throat> it's a, it's a it's a it's they're they're doing everything right i mean they're, they're they're writing the playbook as far as dows go okay and they have they have a nice nft project on stargaze also okay yeah so um yeah i've heard a little bit about it i have not um um purchased any or whatever so yeah i'm not haven't followed it at all but yeah i've, I've I, 
I, I, I like your commentary on Kajira. I, I agree. It's got nice support here. And if Kajira takes off, keep an eye on Manta. Mm. The token is currently at 87 cents and they have a proposal up within the Dow to uh, double um, uh, staking rewards. So you can stake your Manta to the Dow. And I forget the yield it earns. It earns currently like eight percent or something like that. But they're they're running liquidity pools for for Kajira, so it's a it's a definitely a strong Kajira play. Yeah. And then there's a there's a couple other derivatives in Kajira that um, any, are just any of these yeah. things, by the way, are just sort of like um, smaller tokens in in layer one ecosystems. I would say are um, a higher risk, but also potentially higher. Um, you know, higher multiple gains. Um, you do have to be super careful with uh, ecosystem tokens uh, just because like you can wind up being um, a buyer way too high on a lot of these things. And um, and there's always like team tokens and all sorts of dumping risks involved. So um, if you're in, a, if you're buying those kinds of things, I would suggest people allocate um, small and like conservatively accordingly, just like it's fine to like, Try to play some of those multiples, especially if they have a decent chart, but just be very careful with um, getting wrecked on them as well. Do not go like all into these things at all, like by any stretch of the imagination, unless you just want to like, you know, burn your money in a fire. Um, so, yeah, always with the small ecosystem tokens, there's some fun fun to be had. Um, very, very difficult to know, like sometimes when to get out of those things or when to sell, but know that there will be sellers and the volatility be absolutely um breathtaking so um just remember like you'll see drawdowns very quickly of like on different tokens like that of 80 percent like fairly quickly too so you don't want to go too crazy with these things um if anything you want them on watch lists and stuff like maybe on coin hall or something you set watch lists for these small tokens and then kind of look for some uh good buys um a good thing to do if you're playing with ecosystem tokens and is to have probably a list that you have probably like 20 different ones have their charts like um, bookmarked on coin hall or something and then grab the ones that are that are wrecked or at their cheapest at that moment so whatever has pulled back the most from the top or something like that some kind of metric that you're using to to grab these um as opposed to just like focusing on one project and waiting it's a lot easier to have like maybe 10 or 20 different little micro caps if you're in that game i haven't been focusing too much on micro caps because I just don't want to be bothered with like the fucking, you know, you know, tax recording and all this nonsense. So like I've been largely steering clear of some of that shit for that reason, but that's my excuse. Bitcoin's starting to run. It looks it just cleared forty six and it's yeah, pushed past forty six. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I I don't know if you saw that Gary Gensler posted out a, a tweet about, you know, concerns about playing in crypto and stuff be i don't know a lot of people said it was kind of like a green light that it the the etf's going to happen on wednesday you know yeah yeah so um let's see yeah i don't really pay attention to most of those things too much because they did they um you know it's just like random unpredictable noise that they kind of it's like it's easier just to kind of like stick to your convictions and and play than worry too much about that yes stuff. So, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm um, looking at uh, Zephyr next. Um, Zeph's chart's looking beautiful. Um, I redrew its chart. I previously had its um, swing low at like 
I don't know, a buck 87 on MEXC and then like the high at 52.35. Um, I noticed that um, CoinGecko had a much lower swing low than a dollar for it. I think it was like 18 cents or something. I don't know what exchange it wicked down that much on, but hard. I think the amount of volume at the early charting for um, Zephyr was very minimal, so it's not very reliable. I think now that we've had a swing high of a, a definitive 52.35, that's the new swing high for Zephyr. And swing low, I think we have, I think we've hit the low for Zephyr already at 15.80. It could drop below again, but like, um, assuming that's the swing low, I kind of drew out new fib levels and stuff for Zephyr that I think I'll use for the rest of the year. Um, pretty much once those are locked in, I try not to play with them too much because you really don't have to. Um, from here on out, you just, you know, it's just watching it go up, up and away. Um, in a bullish market, you have one, you have like the, you know, you have Bitcoin wind in the sales. And then two, you have just a beautiful chart pattern for it as well, where it's, um, so based on the new fibs, like from the new higher low, um, you have like $21 at res resistance, which is pretty much exactly where you're seeing selling. And um, volume resist is really mostly at about $27. Pretty much past 27 I think Zephyr runs. Um, it's um, sort of like new FIB levels based on this. It's like 72, 85, 109, 173. Last time it ran four extensions, I believe. Um, this time probably running at least three to like 109 would be very, very um, rational. Um, that would put it at about a 5X plus from here, which is good. Um, so I think that's the next step for Zephyr. Um, if you're going to get it, I think it's still cheap. Like its new low was about 1570. Its um, level now is right about 20 bucks. And um, there comes a point where the market makers involved are usually going to say to themselves, wait a minute, do I really get much additional benefit by trying to like set limit orders lower? If not, they'll just simply start moving limit orders up and um, they'll sell the, they'll set the sell orders higher too and then the whole thing just runs very suddenly so what you'll wind up have, seeing is like um as volume starts to pick up on something like zephyr it'll just you know just start to moon suddenly like it'll just have a big impulse move as both the buyers um the retail in investor and the market makers will tend to move up their um, limit sells much much higher and it will just run so it's kind of fun to watch that happen um, but, uh, last time that was like at $6 and you saw like every day at two X and stuff, you know, until you had hit a new high. Um, and uh, I think you'll see that sort of thing happen after it hits high again, um, and, and move pretty quickly. Now at the same time, like the, the higher these market cap gets, these, the higher the market caps get, the longer the runs take and the, um, longer the consolidation periods last. So always remember that. So like um, just for reference, like for example, from Zephyr to get from $1.90 to like $52, that was a time period of October 22nd to uh, November 21st. So about a one month run uh, to run up. So that was from the bottom to the top. So if we assume 15 bucks was the bottom and we sort of like set that like, you know, maybe as far back as December 30th or so, you're talking about like a month from now, month from that would be January 30th. Let's assume we run like more than a month this time because it takes longer to edge up against resistance in a like higher 
um, liquidity market. Let's assume that that's like a month and a half. So I'd say we'd, we'd hopefully see like a new top for Zephyr at like mid-February, if you try to look at the math here. Um, so I just kind of like make the timeframes a little bit longer each time just to sort of guesstimate. But like mid to late February, I'd say would be a good place for a new top for, for Zephyr, just if you just look at the timing. Um, so I think we'll push up nicely. Um, let's see, anything else? Uh, oh, uh, Manta, Manta, did you have something to say about Zephyr? I know you like to chart it too. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah, Zephyr chart looks pretty epic right now. Um, yep. Any, anybody can pretty easily look at the, the rounded bottom, I think, that's forming. Really clear range since it's forming a retard what, level December. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like obvious. December, what, like 20th or whatever. And it's just been ping ponging around down here between like 16 and 20. And now it's on the breakout. And for anybody who looks at any kind of EMA, uh, SMA, any kind of moving averages, it's basically caught up to all the the higher time frame time frame moving averages starting to flip them. They're all flipping each other in the bullish direction. So, yeah, if you're not it's looking up at against Zeph chart, or, <laughs> it's up against the upper Bollinger too, and it's in the bullish RSI on the daily. Actually, on the three day, uh, it's on in bullish RSI. Um, so it's like basically bullish on every single indicator that there is at this moment. Uh, one, yeah, one hundred percent. I've got <laughs> four different. Uh, indicators I've made that are just a conglomerate of different indicators, essentially each one of them, and they're all slightly staggered and different, and all of them are popping bullish. I mean, it's just, yeah, anybody that's looking to buy something that's a low market cap that is very reasonable on the fundamental side, uh, I mean, there's a real legitimate use case. <laughs> it's the hash rate, as you talk about all the time, um, is bullish as well. The, the amount of adoption or the rate of adoption, and now looking at the chart, I mean, a significant run, pullback, it's not going lower uh, despite the amount of time it's been here, and now it's breaking higher. That's basically everything you want to see. Yep, pretty much everything you want to see, exactly. Um, the uh, hash rate um, previously was like spiking over Monero periodically. Now the average hash rate is over Monero, which is like hyper bullish as well. So like, when people, when miners go onto these um, sort of mining stats pages and stuff, and they're looking at different coins to mine and whatnot, um, they're noticing basically Zephyr's persistence in this arena. And um, like, it's just, it can't be ignored essentially. And, and some fraction of those people will be like, yeah, we'll mine it. But some of those people are like, hey, wait a minute, the chart looks good. I'm going to buy it too. So the hash rate is kind of like an advertising banner in some ways, like it's something to tweet, it's something to look at, it's something that people notice that are like hardcore miners or whatever. Um, so so I think that it's it's just one more kind of bullish feature in a sense. Um, and Monero's it, taken what, eight, eight years to get to this point? Something you know, like With ups yeah. and downs. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. So like Monero's at like 2.7 to 3 billion market cap, we're at like 50 on, on Zeph, so. Um, plenty of plenty of upside there if the like if the miners believe in the coin um in mass like a lot of the caspa people a lot of the um monero folks or whatever then um then you really have plenty of upside like you know because then you start dreaming of monero charts you start dreaming like you know think about like what is the like meme in people's head they're gonna start like 
seeing stars like, you know, Monero, they're going to see things like what happened with Caspa and they're going to be like, hey, one to three billion is quite reasonable. And um, and I think like it, it presents a really, really good up, like price set range here. Not, not to mention that the uh, the fact that the ETF, yeah, while super bullish overall for the crypto space, that acceptance, so to speak, into TradFi, you're going to have a lot more people looking at the potential for um, government oversight or, you know, the, the government essentially overstepping even more than they are into people's privacy and into your holdings. We saw it with the IRS change where they're trying to mandate everybody, you know, any, anyone that sends you 10 grand, you've got to instantly report social security numbers, all this stuff. The, the desire for privacy will go up with the increased visibility. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, you you want to get more. You want to get your privacy coins long before um, a big parts of those rules and legislations and enforcement actions become implemented. Um, that's why I did a lot of my buying before the the first of the year for this reason, just so that I'm yeah. like, it's like even if some there, there were some kind of action taken, it's like, well, you know, you can't you can't do anything in retrospect essentially. So they released the the coin at the perfect time for this. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of like um, very interesting features. I, I think the um, the the privacy component, you know, with the ZSD Zeph swaps, are something that um, uh, I think that like at first when I was talking about this on on tweets and stuff, I would mention it more. But afterwards, I was like, "Fuck it, who really cares?" I mean, the reality is almost nobody is using it for the ZSD component right off the bat. What they're using it for is number go up. And like, if you compare it to Monero and, you know, has all the features of Monero plus some, um, you know, there's not really reason to confuse people with all the nuances of it. Cause like, there's no death spiral that can happen. There's almost no ZSD printed anyway. So none of that really is materially important at this point in my view. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. It's, it's icing on the cake. And by the time you realize that you want privacy, um, in some sense, it's going to be too late. So anyone who's aware of that to a degree now is just ahead of the curve and you need somewhere to put money that is going to be safe from prying eyes. And this at least time being seems to be the best option that has the most, um, maybe it's not the most resilient quite yet, but with growth, it certainly will be, but the most potential upside, absolutely. And the most utility. Yep. And, um, I was just, I was just going to pull up real quick, some of the charts of, um, some other things like Dash and whatnot to see like where it's real quick, Seth, if you don't mind, cause I've got to run, but <laughs> yeah, go um, I know you were, you were big on prism back in the, uh, the OG Luna days. I don't know if you've been following along as they, they get their relaunch going. Um, if you've hopped on their test net and played around or, um, if you've been following any of that or what your thoughts are. Test net looks sweet. Test net looks really not. nice. I'm sure it's going to be fun. Um, is there like, sort of a, a, a coin launch imminent or something and did they do snapshots of like previous luna community at some point or what yeah they did snapshots of uh, any og holders they did one uh i think immediately before the crash and then immediately after the crash okay so those the og holders will get um an og drop that's gonna have some criteria that you'll need to meet and then that's gonna be dropped as the um as the protocol hits certain milestones like 50 million TVL, 
50 million market cap, blah, 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 so that there's not just a massive dump at one stage. So you'll sort of get tiered drops. Um, but they'll be doing, they've got testnet active now, uh, public testnet, and then they'll be looking at uh, hopefully sometime relatively soon doing the, the full launch. But they've got a lot of new features. Uh, they've made some significant updates uh, since the OG Luna um, prism, which was pretty epic as it was. So I'm definitely excited about yeah, it. Hyperion and the gang, they're, they're pretty good at like figuring out like fun, like Ponzi-nomic um, flywheel sorts of environments. Oh, so I'm yeah. sure they've like the thought it through. thing was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they love that shit. Um, oh, real quick, I, I was going to, on the privacy side of things, I, was, I just pulled up the chart for like Dash, which is like an older um, privacy proof of work. And it looks like absolute dog shit. Like it is like putting in lows during a bull market, which is pretty fucking pathetic. Um, so I don't know what's going on with Dash. Um, Zcash, I believe, also like is in this kind of like um, downward spiral. It's hitting lows also. Like it's hitting like 2020 lows now. I think the Zcash Foundation and whatever else is happening, Zcash had some negative news, but just been selling off as well. Um, XMR, um, and these are just like other privacy coin comparisons just to see kind of like, um, you know, where Zeph is in comparison. Monero has been putting in higher lows, however. Um, so of the various privacy tokens, I think what's happening is, is there's like a resurgence in interest in Monero um, for some reason. And then, of course, Zephyr has the same RandomX protocol. Um, Monero doesn't have anywhere near the same upside, but I would imagine there's quite a few people on various other privacy chains who are kind of refugees in a sense, and they're kind of dismayed at the price action of their various things. So I think like, um, you know, if there's going to be people like running from other privacy coins, because they're not doing as well for some reason, they're probably going to run to Zephyr because it's the highest upside. Have um, you seen that? That story about Zcash um, with Binance, I mean, they pretty much forced the team to do some implementations so everything would be transparent, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and they really didn't like that. The whole community is like, <laughs> yeah. really that's why the tokens tank, you know? Probably one of the reasons, yeah, <laughs> it's going down. But Zeph and, and I'm sorry, not Zeph, um, Monero, Zcash, um, Dash, these are all in that batch. And, and like, I think uh, Monero is the highest market cap of all and probably the most widely used, which is why it's continued to put in higher lows. Um, it hasn't mooned at all this season yet either. It's, it has a very similar chart to like Ethereum. Um, so it's correlating very strongly with other alts for the most part. But um, I think like if you just the, the hash rate and then the low market cap of Zephyr makes it really, really nice um, at this moment. Um, yeah, if we if we break prior high again, I think we'll really run pretty nicely. Um, easily do like, I don't know, we'll see. But like, it could be anywhere from a two to a ten x off its prior high. I think if you look over the coming year, like um, getting into that one billion market cap range at like three sixty three dollar Zeph to five hundred seventy four dollars Zeph would be very feasible. Beyond that, would be like you know absolute moon boot type material. Um, it'd be running Caspa type numbers. But um, it, it's it's possible. It's very much possible, and I think it's like just hitting again. It's twenty one dollar resistance, which is the on the. Do we know of... anything about another listing on some other exchange? No. Um, yeah, more listings would be good, I think. But I, you know, the comment I made to the team 
um, in Discord, and I don't know if they're paying attention, is like you're not really rushing to get a lot of listings right now. You want the next listing to happen after the next big pump. So you you want Zephyr on relatively low liquidity to run to like let's say um, one billion plus market cap. So let's say Zephyr is running like four hundred dollars, and then you list on a new exchange. I think that's the better approach because then market makers will lock in those new prices and you know the 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 order book will get like loaded up at higher prices if that makes sense to people so it's not necessarily great to have too many listings early um as an automatic yeah. thing unless you're a whale if you're a whale and you want to buy a whole fuck ton you definitely want deep liquidity very early um if you're like a minnow and you're just buying small amounts and you want the yeah, price so to you're go up. basically it boils down to it's much mm -hmm. more difficult to move the price if you have big books right yeah, and that's what everyone should kind of like understand about these microcaps. Stephanie, Tokyo, what's up? All good, bro. Tell me you bought Tectum when I told you to. Uh, Tectum. Let's look at his chart here. T T T. -T I bought Tectum the day you told me to buy Zeph. Let me see here, Tectum. Um, what's the best chart of it? Tet USDT, Mexi. Yeah, yeah, Tet USDT. Let's see. So it's running at um, it's at forty. One ish right now. I guess its breakout level was like eighteen bucks, something like that, and it's done kind of about a three yeah. x since then, almost. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Or two x or something like that. Yeah, nice. Uh, what What do you feel like? Uh, what do you think it, the interesting thing about this coin is? By the way, just generally. Okay, so basically, he's talking about something. He t he's talking TP. about TET, by the way, which is on Mexi. If you're interested. Yeah. So I'll tell you one of the things about uh, this particular project while we are. Um, kind of like you know looking at we, we were looking at blockchain mainly or like for example uh, bitcoin as a b2b solution right so these guys have been doing b2b in uh, data since last eight years so business now to business they, uh, yeah like, so now they, they shifted that narrative okay so they shifted that narrative to b2c so which no one is doing unlike for example a lightning network or anything it's the first l1 on uh, L2 on BTC. Now it doesn't work on Lightning Network. It works on a specific technology called soft nodes, right? So soft nodes, what they do, they act as three layers. So you have, for example, out of 150 MB block space, it splits it into three. Then if you have, for example, um, 120 goes on the layer one, 150 goes on layer two. And if you have like big data books or big data blocks, it goes into layer three. Now. Now, so this this is a a utility for uh, like a Bitcoin infrastructure essentially. Yeah, not only that, it can be infrastructure for anything. It can be for Bitcoin. It can be for Layer One. It can be for Layer Two. It can be for anyone. So now, let's say you have, if you want to seamlessly uh, send with zero gas fee um, assets from one side to another anonymously, no chance anyone knowing it is basically you do it through soft notes because what soft notes does is like, for example, you send me um, $100,000, right, in Bitcoin. So this Bitcoin will come to me, but it doesn't come to me directly. So every time I press an order, this generates automatically, let's say 10,000 wallets. And each 10,000 wallets, it puts $100 worth of amount. And when you claim it, these particular anonymous wallets, these blocks are minted and these particular wallets come into your one single wallet. So that means no one will ever know 
that, for example, what your actual BTC address is. That's called soft nodes. Now, um, the previous uh, recorded speed for this uh, software technology, which makes it very simple, it does it, as I said, it acts at three layers. That's why the speed is so fast. So it goes up to like 1.6 million TPS, right? Now, it's not like the crypto TPS, TPS that we talk about. Now, the crazy part is that they didn't go to any VCs. They didn't go to any tier one exchanges. They didn't go to anyone. They didn't ask for any money from the market. They developed the product. 70% of the tokens are diluted and the FDV is $400 million without VCs, without LPs, and without particularly, you can say, any tier one exchange. Correct? So okay. you will see, so we, we had a conversation with the Ordinals team. We are basically consulting Tectum as well. Um, we basically, went to um we discussed with ordinals team we we were we were talking to audi swap and other guys to be honest they were fucking shocked to see the technology they were like this nobody has ever done but actually they haven't because this is actually a, a new particular platform that these guys have created now the two parts are i think like it will still go the token will go parabolic um but because the token have, is part of is it a like coin on a chain is it a coin it's an emission a token DAG? or like what like what is this exactly it is an emission token what is it what does that mean what is an emission token it means like it's an ecosystem token <laughs> that you can use basically if you go to softnote uh, wallet.softnote.com you create a particular wallet with this particular tectum token you can pay gas fee the second thing is you can state it you can run a validator note on it uh, for but, example, but what I mean to say is like, what secures this coin? Is it a blockchain? So that's what I'm saying. So yeah, it's a blockchain. It's a layer one on BTC. Layer one. Wait. L2 on BTC. Yeah. A layer two. Okay. So how many does it work? Is it like proof of stake where there's validators? Like what is the actual, these nodes are secured how, and how many of them are there? Like, how do you know how secure this is like, um, in terms of like, like, like you can throw $10 million at this and you'll be comfortable. Like you, you, it's like, okay, fine. It'll be fine. Or what? Like, cause that's my question. Like how, sec how secure are we talking about here so far? Absolutely. Because all the particular transactions, um, all the particular transactions are saved on blockchain, right? So they're, they're still on blockchain, but what you're doing is basically you're splitting the block pressure in different ways. It doesn't change anything that uh, for an instance that, hey, is my is my crypto on blockchain? But now let's say you can go to your MetaMask, you can keep your Tectum there, an ERC20 or anything. But now if you wanna make a transaction, you have basically uh, one specific mean of it. You are like, do you wanna send it through Tron network? Again, you don't know where it's gonna go. Same way you're doing it on ERC20 network or you are doing it basically through Tectum soft nodes. So you go to their particular plot platform, you go to your soft node wallet, you for example take $10 from your uh, uh, MetaMask, you approve the transaction, the transaction goes through into another wallet at 1.6 million TPS, right? So it doesn't act as custodian. But now they have created this interesting, um, interesting staking system where they're giving validators, for example, 20% APY guaranteed on the staking pools. On top of that, you have, I think, uh, on top of that, you get the ecosystem revenue. And, I'm not, uh, but I'm not sure I follow. Like, I still don't understand what I'm using this for. So I have, let's say, Bitcoin. You're using it for multiple 
stuff, right? You're using it for merchant. Not the you're coin, using... but for like the chain. Like I'm using, so I, I have Bitcoin as a consumer. It's a B2C solution, simple. What are, what am I, how am I, what is my Bitcoin doing when I go through the tech network? I don't understand. I don't, still don't get what you're saying. It's not about Bitcoin only. You can send any asset. No, but let's just, let's just take one example. Let's say BTC, mm. it's UTXO type of coin. Um, mm. Like, where is my Bitcoin going and who am I sending it to? Why am I using this network precisely? That's my question. So let's say you're a money exchange. Let me give an example, right? Let's say you're a money exchange, um, Western Union. You have to send money from, uh, how you usually do it, you through, do it through SWIFT, correct? Now, inst while you're basically doing it through SWIFT, what you do is, instead of doing it through SWIFT, you do one thing, uh, like XRP tried to do. You do it through soft nodes. So you don't run the whole transaction on the blockchain. You basically take the pressure off the blockchain. You're actually sending it on blockchain, but you're splitting the blocks while you are sending it. So the transaction goes fast. So you're acting as L1, L2, L3 at the same time. So if you have a bigger block of data, so this is what the use of the chain is. You can still deploy products on it. You can create DeFi on it. You can create games under it. But the idea is that when you are sending the transactions from point A to point B, it acts as a so non-custodial, just a settlement layer. So you're bridging in you're bridging BTC into um, in a sense on on the ledger of Tectum, and then you're bridging out of it um, on the other end. And so you get Bitcoin on the other end, pretty much. I would think. Or am I wrong? So like, it, ha like how is this working exactly compared to say Thorchain, right? Like we're say Thorchain, you have actual native BTC involved, and then there's a, you know, Thor swap with an actual DEX with BTC involved. And then the whatever other coin you want to exchange to, let's say Atom, is also available, you connect your wallet. So in this system, though, like, I, I'm still not sure I understand. You can, like, say you can compare it with Solana. You get it? You can't compare it with Torchain. So it's okay. a non-EVM at the same time, but how it ensures security is using basically the base layer as BTC. Right, and then you're basically hashing on top of it mm. through soft notes. Okay, I would love to have um, founder is a very good friend of mine, extremely brilliant and efficient guy. Been into data, uh, been a data scientist for the last eight years, working with some very big company in UK. I, th I think there's there's one other thing that's doing something very similar with BTC. I forget the name of it. Um, the point is everybody goes to, um, everybody wants to go to uh, Lightning Network, right? They are against Lightning Network because that doesn't really solve the B2C solution. It can solve the B2B solution. So you can, you can sort these B2B solutions even without using a blockchain. But how do you basically use blockchain and solve the B2C, uh, B2C uh, related um, uh, issues, right? So now, um, yeah, that's basically what they do. So um, now uh, they resolve this kind of an issue. Then they have been working on this technology for the last three years, developed this product. I love it. And in between that, I know for an instance, they have a very big money exchange testing them out. Like very, very big money exchange. Can't okay, it. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. most especially um, also, I think like, Considering what they have done in the tokenomics and in six months diluting 70% and holding 400 million FDV is freaking crazy without any exchange listings. Yep, yep.
Well, cool. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, people check that out if they like to. Um, let me kind of keep jumping around here because I was trying to get to sort of like a variety of charts and things. Um, but uh, I think like uh, what else is interesting? Solana, if people are into that, um, let me pull up that chart here. And um, Solana basically is at like 99 bucks at the moment. It pulled back from its like fib level of $125. I think I bought it at like 103. Um, haven't touched it yet. Like it ran up to its resistance at 123, down again. It dumped all the way to 86, and now it's kind of recovering. And uh, it does not have any other fib levels uh, to all time high. And if BTC is running, I presume Solana is going to run at this point to probably 260. Um, my intention was to sell it somewhere north of 260. Um, it's FIB extension after that, it's like 669, which is kind of obscene price levels. Um, is it possible that it has its ETH moment and does that kind of run? I suppose it is possible. Uh, will it actually happen? I'm not that interested in betting on that. Like, I think I'll probably sell Solana at a 3x from my buy which puts it approximately like 300 to 350, that range. And I'll be pretty comfortable um, with selling at that level and not worried about where the all-time high or whatever is. So that's my Solana play. Um, oh, BTC just went 47.2, by the way, if uh, you're not paying attention. So I think everything's going to run. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, it'll be fine. My so, wife um, bought Solana at something like, I can't even tell you now, it's like, Really, really yeah. low. She's like, oh, it's cheap, you know. She never looks at the charts, and then she's like, oh, you know, Solana's really looking nice. And I'm like, yeah, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, when it was really low, I bought it. It's like, <laughs> no, I think, I think, uh, I think BTC will run to all time high. Like I said all year, like there's no fib le fib levels left um, to go, and I think it'll run straight to all time high. In fact, you could put in just a god candle and go straight there. Believe it. It or could not. practically it be at back. fifty by the end of the day. I mean, oh yeah, you could you could wind up there by within days. Forget about months or whatever. Um, yeah. So you're you're basically in high velocity territory next, and we haven't had any really large candles since like um, October first, I believe, um, where where things went um, kind of vertical for a little bit there. But yeah, I think uh, and then so what's going to happen is um, so as you've noticed, like the altcoin Bitcoin disparity has been like, hey, when BTC runs, the alts aren't going to move. That's not necessarily true anymore. That was true when it was unclear like where BTC was going. But when you get really close to prior high and everyone just pretty much prices that in, the assumption now is that BTC goes to all-time high. You know, the closer it gets, the, the bigger that magnet gets, essentially. And what ultimately happens, people are like, oh, well, alts are going to run at that point because everything moons if BTC passes high. So I don't think you're going to get the um, – I think this pullback that we have this week on alts was kind of your like disbelief dip it's kind of the last expunging of leverage that was floating around in there and now people are just going to go nuts buying um i don't think you have to worry about your bags too much i just think like if you have coins that are nearing prior year highs um i think some of those coins like some have passed prior highs like injective um some are approaching like fetch akash and solana um well solana's not really there yet but like i would say the closest are fetch and um akash are approaching all-time highs quite quickly i think they're likely to not only hit but also break because like what's been happening this year pretty consistently is the runners have just stayed running anything that jumped on board that ai narrative and caught a lot of early eyeballs 
got a lot of bear market buyers and all of those people are just going to be like, well, fuck it, let's just run through the bull market too. And I think you're going to wind up having those things run to obscene levels. That would be kind of like fetching a cosh. Um, and they continue to just sort of climb higher and higher every every month, pretty much. Um, is, Akash has been the, running up since like uh, 2022 of last year, like was the bottom. And it's been running ever since from 20 cents to $3 and six cents. I think it, it, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to hit my target of $24 and above is my, my theory. Is it, isn't the problem here of over trading for an inexperienced trader? If you don't know yeah. your exit point, you're going to pull the trigger way too soon. Like you will. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, this is the benefit of fib extensions more than anything. Like this is why no, no other TA really matters. And the reason is because like, all you need to know is how far can they run and manage expectations. Now, the thing is, like, there's no guarantee it reaches any of these levels. That's the thing. But, like, the closer you reach prior high and the earlier in the season you're at, the higher the probability of, like, a really great run. Um, some of the oldest coins, though, have the weakest charts. Like, say, for example, Chainlink, Atom, Monero, Ethereum, whatever. All of that shit will run. Like, if you think you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to now get out of my older stuff that I've been sitting on and I'm going to chase X, Y, and Z, that's exactly when those things will start running, right? And you'll be like, oh, shit, like now those things did a 3X, and I'm sitting here over here, you know, while my whatever dumps. So you have to be really careful, um, because when the big stuff runs, like people start piling into those with gargantuan amounts of money. Like they start selling everything and dumping into ETH and Adam or whatever else. And these things move like you would not believe. So you don't really want to play with those bags the, those are kind of like your your safe bags, your your link, your atom, your Ethereum, your pretty much the large market cap layer ones are kind of your safe bags that have like relatively limited downside at this point, especially after such long consolidated periods for two years. Like you don't want to necessarily get wrecked chasing something accidentally and um, having it go, having it dumped because any of these little micro caps that we talk about every day, any of these things can dump at any given moment and fuck you over. Or at least, like, in your head, wind up with, like leading to an opportunity cost where the coin you buy is going down, everything else is running for some reason, and then you're going to feel like, oh wait, I should have, you know, whatever. So most of these things, like that we're talking about, we have, like, many of us have been holding these things for like I don't know, months if not year. So they're running now, um, and so we're just sort of like reveling in the the growth of them and watching for exit points. Like many of these are not necessarily like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go buy right now, uh, necessarily. <laughs> like, um, so you have to be kind of careful. Like some of the stuff that, like the smaller cap stuff, like Tectum, like he mentioned, or something like um, Zephyr, which has had a nice pullback. If you're looking at small cap things, I would definitely look at the stuff that hasn't um, has like plenty of room to run, either because it's a small market cap or B because it's like Zephyr, where it's you are at a really really good retra retracement from a high. Um, like Zeph is at support from a $52 high drop down to 15 and now is at 20. Um, these are, that's a really decent level to be as in, as far as entries are concerned. Um, but, um, some things that have already sort of like run too much, your, your upside is going to be a little bit capped. Um, I think up to 500 million market cap, I would still consider relatively small cap. Um, like, so Kajira, I think is a very reasonable entry at 436 here. I picked it up even at five bucks. I was, you know, so I'm down a little bit on that buy. But I think at 436, it's a really decent, um, 
entry point for Kuji if you haven't gotten some. Um, let's see what else is doing interesting things. Um, have, Dogecoin. Have you your Kuji back, or what did you do? What did I do? What? I mean, the amount of Kuji that you own, did you double it? Um, I, I I doubled the dollar value of it, not the not the number of tokens. Because okay. I bought Kuji like at fifty cents or something. I, it was really low. I don't remember what it was, but it's I'm at a very huge multiple from where I bought originally. So um, at this point, I just sort of doubled it as a play on the probability that it's going to hit a billion market cap um, fairly easily. And I figured where's it, like... Where's the, where's the price wise? Just to get an idea. About roughly. 10 bucks. It's at five-ish. It's at four something now, right? So about 10 bucks is quite easily achievable. So 435. 435 right now yeah 435 is a good is a reasonable price in my opinion uh, well i would say that just because i bought it at five but uh, it's, it's, it's got <laughs> strong know. support like you said yeah. Steffi. it's got strong support in the community four, is yeah. die hard like the kuji community is die hard and the ones that stake it just stake it for life and they're not gonna unstake because they're 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 getting some serious rewards from staking mm -hmm. all, all the people that unstaked when it went from like a dollar to four dollars i think have sold off by now yeah, the recent buy I made, I did not buy it to stake it. Um, the recent buy I made was more for like a bull market trade. My thought is that like if Kuji runs to like the one to five billion dollar market cap range, which is really feasible because it's such a low liquidity coin that's not listed very many places, then like I had a bag that's like for trading purposes. So if we get to like 50, 60 bucks, something like that, I think what I'll do is I'll sell that bag. As a, yeah. as a thing. That's the that's the crazy thing about proof of stake, Steffi, that I was talking about. Because like two years ago, when I came in, like mm -hmm. you, you would okay, oh my gosh, I'm up like you know five percent, and you sell, and then the thing runs for another thirty percent. But with, <laughs> when, when you stake, you know it's like my Akash. You know, like I've got a bag of Akash, it's staked, and it's just going to sit there, and that's that's part of the college fund. You know, like I don't care. Mm -hmm. But but then there's some Akash that I keep on Osmosis Liquid. To where if the thing runs twenty percent, I'm I'm slowly going to exit out. And every, everyone's got their own strategy. But as far as Kajira, like I, I agree with you, it's nice to have some liquid because if this thing goes, it could run to ten dollars like within a couple of months. Yeah, I, I think with Akash now, the thing is like, um, if you're going to own this and you're going to sell it, like it's not a bad time to consider unstaking. Now, granted, I've like staked this thing for like I don't know two plus years already, something. So I got it quite a long time ago. Um, but like I've unstaked mine with the thinking that like the velocity that these can run within a month period is quite extreme. Like, for example, if Akash goes from $3 now to like $24 in a month, like it wouldn't shock me at all because it's so illiquid, right? So like the numbers become like silly, but you've yes. seen this happen where like you'll, you'll look when, at the coin market cap, you're like, what the fuck's that coin? Like, why the hell is it over here? And um, it'll it'll show up there for a little while, and then it will dump, like, colossally. So yeah, if, when the big heavy hitters come in and AI, you know, AI is all over the, you know, the internet, yeah. and blah, 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 and it's listed with the AI, and then people just pile in and think of 3x overnight, you know? No, I think the thing to think about is, like, if you have it staked and you're at that 21-day unbonding period, like, um, you, you know, and you intend to sell some of it, um then it's by the, the move will be over by the time you have unstaked. So um, I would say just because it's already parabolic on log scale on Akash, um, if you were going to unstake it, I would unstake it now. 
um, with the intent that like within 21 days could be a, a big run. And that's the other thing too, is like there, if you just look at a lot of these charts, it's quite possible we could see the actual highs. And I kid you not, like the actual highs for the altcoin space could happen a lot sooner than you think, like within months. Um, and then everything sort of crashes and pulls back afterwards. So um, if things just go straight parabolic, you don't, you definitely want to be liquid to be able to sell it. Um, yeah, so yeah, if you have your staking bag, great, stake it, whatever. Um, if you intend to sell some things, whatever they are, you should pre-plan that ahead of time. Um, do not think you're going to be able to know when the top is going to come. Like it's just, you won't know. And if you have a sudden run, like let's say for example, today, let's say today, Akash broke its all time high and it went past 846 and it's running, right? Like in a in this kind of velocity, you would be at 24 bucks, I kid you not, within like a week or two. Like you probably wouldn't be able to, by the time you sorted all this out, you probably wouldn't be able to unstake in time. So Akash's chart looks really, really solid for us. Like, I mean, I mean, like straight vertical, like it could just go straight up. There's very little like places you can short this thing or whatever. And there's very little places you can long this thing. So the probability that there's like most of this is spot buying. And a lot of this is on osmosis and stuff where it's relatively liquid. Um, things could move quick. The other thing that happens too is if osmosis token goes up in the same time period, which is pretty probable, then the AMM is pushing the price of AKT up along with the rest of the market too. So when it runs, it's going to run like straight vertical. And you've seen it happen before with it. Um, the last time it did this at like, it went from like 250 to 850 within like three weeks, I think it was, or maybe, maybe two months. I can't remember. Um, it's been a bit, um, and the charts aren't very accurate on this, uh, sometimes on some of these coins, but it, within a relatively fast period of time, you got like most of the move. And this is a, the thing about altcoins generally is that most of the move will happen within a month. Um, you won't have time to unstake or whatever. Um, let's see what other coins are around. Um, like Doge pretty much um, pulled back to its 200-day moving average with this dump. Um, it put like a couple of lows in, of course, and um, bounced um, back up to about eight cents. Um, its performance, like from the bottom, which was about five cents, is pretty abysmal considering you're only at eight cents right now. So it's not doing so hot. Um, so whatever like Doge mimology one would expect. Um, so far it hasn't happened. Now the, the moving averages do look bullish and the 200 days finally turning upwards. And, um, so there's plenty of room to grow, but Doge is going to be a play on like, it's a proof of work and it's in the intricate web of like bots and things with Bitcoin and everything else. It'll go up because BTC goes up. Um, but it has been kind of underperforming substantially so far. Um, maybe it gets like, a, it's one of those that will get like a giga pump at some point where the number just goes straight vertical when, you know, maybe they launch satellites or Elon Musk says something about Doge or something. Um, Doge, I think is one of those that if you bought into it, like you'd have to pay real close attention or have a limit order in place so that if it like hits maybe the point one, like uh 14 cent level from here, you would put a limit order to sell maybe, or maybe even at, um, the 19 cent level. You make a quick trade, you get out of the thing and don't worry about it too much. Um, is it going to beat its prior high and like head on up? I don't know. Like that's, it seems like improbable now. It just because like we've already been a number of months into this bullish cycle and um, its relative performance is kind of weak, I would say. 
actually really not too weak in the sense that it's very similar to Adam's, <laughs> like Adam's moves, but it actually moved even less than Adam did. Like this, Doge went from a nickel to 10 cents. And I think um, Adam went from a nickel to about 12 cents. So it's, um, yeah, Doge is looking somewhat weak compared to some of the older, uh, other older coins. Anyway, um, let's see. Um, any of the other guys, uh, Camilo or comments from uh, Rio or anybody? Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, Zephy. I wanted to ask what are the benefits of moving Ceph to the Zephyr protocol wallet instead of just keeping it on the MXC exchange? Well, I think the first thing is MXC has been a bit sketchy in the past as far as like withdrawals and things. So I would most certainly move it just from a pure safety perspective. <laughs> like um, the the wallet works fine. It's easy to use. Just hop onto the web wallet, make one and just send it over. It's fine. Um, but I would, I would definitely take off the, from the exchange. Um, outside of that, like it, it, um, the more people that are taken off exchange, the, the more, the, the, the less of it that's around for playing games with, with market makers and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just generally good to get it off. I think market makers will look at liquidity that's sitting on the exchange as the pool of future sellers, because like, why would you have an exchange if you weren't intending to sell soon? So I think uh, it sends a message. The more people that send it off, it's a, it's a good okay. thing. Okay. And this means that for, for the other coins, you also prefer to have them each one saved on their own, on their own wallet instead of keeping it in the in exchanges. Because if you want to put an order, then are you going to do it if you have it saved in wallets? Right. Good point. Yeah. So no, if you want to have a limit order set up and, and, and running, then yeah, you'll have to have it on exchange, obviously. Um, you can wait, of course, till prices get closer to the actual price you care about before you do this. Um, but yeah, the, the um, it, yeah, it depends on your risk tolerance. There are some exchanges out there that are pretty safe. Like, you know, if you're on a Coinbase or something, you're probably, you know, like there are some stuff that I have just purely for trading that I don't even bother moving off wallet. Uh, you know, I've never had a problem with Coinbase for a very long time. So if I have some coins on there, I might leave them on there. I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, but but these are very small portions of my overall portfolio and my life. So it really depends on how much you own, too. <laughs> like, if it's a very large amount, you probably don't want to keep it on exchanges. Do you have any thoughts on, on Crypto.com? Um, it's been pretty safe so far, I think. Um, I haven't used it. Um, I had an account with them, and I have an account with Kraken. And I keep accounts with all of the American exchanges in case I need to move cash in and out for some reason or whatever. But um, I don't use them very much and they all of them have high fees now so the fees mess you up pretty bad <laughs> like it's actually easier if there's a if i have a large seller large buy it's actually easier right now going to mexi making that buy and sending it back than it is to actually um do it on some of these american exchanges which have very high fees so there's that um but yeah coin crypto.com um kraken definitely higher on the fee side and so is coinbase even coinbase you have to use the coinbase like advanced and even then the fees are fairly high i would say so fees have been going up over the years because exchanges have to make money somehow otherwise they resort to other stupid activities yeah, and if, if you don't put a limited order in on coinbase they just rake you over on the the bid and the buy you know oh for sure market orders they charge you quite a lot for sure well um, they they take they skim you know like if you want to buy btc they charge you the, the 
highest price for BTC if in, as compared to a limit order, you know? I think they also do it in such a way that you, it's like what you see is what you get, where, yeah, they take higher fees, but I think they guarantee liquidity, right? So like it's, but in highly liquid tokens, like let's say, for example, a Bitcoin or a Chainlink or something, there's almost no reason to be paying that kind of crazy ass fee. Like they can be quite high on there. So, um, but, you know, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't try to day trade too much on those things because they're just too, just you waste like a couple of percentage here and there on fees. It's absurd. They're secure. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that they have high security. So like, I feel comfortable with my coins on there. Um, I, I'm not like a hardcore, like, you know, um, what do you call it? Hard wallet maxi or whatever. Like I, I use exchange money all the time, but, um, it has to be one that I'm pretty confident is going to give me my money back or whatever. <laughs> so I've never had a problem with them before. My Coinbase in particular. Um, but anyway. What, um, what about Chainlink? Where's a good place to store it? Chainlink is just, uh, you can basically use it, um, just set up a MetaMask wallet and um, get a Chainlink address on there. It's no problem. You can, Chainlink, you can also, you can hard wallet it as well if you'd like to do that. But the key with the key with um, the key with wallets is basically not getting drained. Um, so if you're just doing simple shit with, like, first off, number one, you're investing wallet. The one where you, all you want to do is you want to hold your coins and you just want to keep them secure. Um, a, a, a software wallet like MetaMask, whatever, works fine, so long as you have reasonable security um, and you don't connect it to a bunch of DeFi shit. If you start, if you're going to use a wallet for DeFi then you don't want to go and like sign various smart contracts and things just randomly. Like you should have a completely separate wallet for that. And you should have lots of different wallets for that kind of activity potentially so that you don't accidentally get a wallet drain of all your, your possessions. Um, so you need to be careful there, but outside of that, like, um, you know, I would generally recommend using the phone version, not the desktop version, it, depending on how secure your desktop is in terms of like, if it's a very fresh install of, you know, Mac OS or Windows or whatever it is, and you haven't done too much shit on there, and so you feel like it's a fairly secure computer, you could use like a web extension type wallet, like with MetaMask or something. But if you're not really comfortable there, like, and you just want to store your money, that you you want to make sure that you're um, you're pretty secure. Um, a software wallet on your phone is actually probably more secure than a computer version because you won't be subjected to like um key loggers and all sorts of other shenanigans so um and you have your your stuff available in case you have to sell it for some reason so i'd say like um reasonable to have like a kepler wallet a leap wallet maybe a, a metamask wallet um and uh, download directly from the proper sources and everything um and uh that would take care of a substantial portion of what you care about i would think but yeah, definitely use external walls. Don't leave your shit on exchanges unless you want to learn the hard way. Um, everyone thinks their money can't be lost in exchanges until something really bad happens. And you're like, oh, fuck, where'd my money go? <laughs> like, It's not good. Um, it, a lot of people have had problems on all sorts of different exchanges over the last two years, as you guys know. So um, yeah, self-custody, I think, has made a comeback to a large extent. Rio, what's up? Do you have a question, comment? Hey, so yeah. You've got a you've got a bit of a robot voice there, Rio. You might have to like get a new connection. Can barely hear your voice. 
it's like are you in the car or something Finn, is that your mic yeah that's yeah now like, i turned it on because i wanted to talk <laughs> Oh, okay, it sounded like there was like a there was like a blow dryer going. On no, that's not me. Go ahead. Unless unless that's my heater. Um, um, okay, I have a. I think and and Rio had a question, but I think his connection's kind of so so. So he might come back in a minute. Go ahead. Uh, I have a handful of questions. So I have been. Uh, sorry, I think he's trying to talk again. Rio, are uh, you there? Okay, let me just, let me just try and get mine in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, All right. I have kind of a assorted questions, and I've uh, it's been a minute. I've been out since whenever this Luna crash was, so May of 2022, and I've been super hesitant to like get back in, and I had you know a whole bunch of other stuff going on, so I didn't miss it. Um, and then so just like you, Sefi, I got um, KDA from my you know, Luna wallet that I borrowed against. And so I've had KDA this whole time. And then this, so I guess my main overall question is, I'm kind of just thinking about. And you have KDA where on, on exchange somewhere? Or no, have I have it in my wallet. Um, okay, good. And I guess I was like, okay, well, let's just see how this does. I, I mean, it has a lot of potential and we all know it had marketing problems and blah, blah, blah. And, all that stuff and then all this zeph stuff is i was like well you missed that one uh that's okay and then no i think i think zephyr if you're interested it's price is right. good now right and so that's because it's really pulled back but but from a from kda perspective yeah how's it going to do um hard to really say but it is definitely like picking up a bit um and it's um moving averages are running up just like the rest of the altcoin space um, it's run from like, I think the bottom was about 40 cents to now about, uh, I think it topped out at 163 and then it pulled back already to about 88 and then back to about a buck 15. Um, I don't know. I think if you held on to it, it probably will do fine. I imagine because it's a relatively small market cap at this level and, um, could move quite a bit. In fact, let me look that up. Where, where is it exactly? Um, one second. Um, now, and, but I don't know, like, I know that they're doing more things. They've got a new marketing guy and this and that, and they've like yeah. revamped the, the team somehow apparently. And I don't know all the different nuances of what they're doing, but, um, but to some extent the market doesn't really care about all that. Yeah. It's only 300 million market cap. Um, so it could definitely move quite easily. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if I had to guess, like. Where is it going to go from here? Um, here's the thing. So proof of work chains, um, very few of them actually beat their prior highs from a previous cycle. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing to sort of remember. And its previous high was like $27. Yeah. It's now at a buck 14. If it pull, like if it gets back to like, let's say, um, let's say around six bucks, I think. That would be pretty, pretty rational from here. Can it beat its prior high? That I do not know. Because um, at prior high, that would be like 27. Would be the market cap. Hmm? Yeah, 27. 27 but that'd be a 27x from here in terms of market cap as well. So it would be like in irrational territory. And it's easy to do that the first time. It's much harder to do that the second time because it has like it has resistance to the upside because all those people that owned it like at higher prices or bag holders yeah. that might they might sell on you. 
So, you know, part of what I like about Zephyr as a proof of work is it's new. And going into a bull market, having at least one or two, like, new coins that have not been around without the baggage of previous like resistance is i think a reasonable thing to have in terms of a portfolio um but yeah is 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 kda gonna run i don't really know i have no idea on that one i i i think the bit my biggest thing is like i don't know what all different things the team is introducing right that would really make right. it catch a lot of attention um so knowing that we're not going to answer that question right now. Um, I'm wondering, okay, so these are a couple basic questions about Max and uh, Zeph. Um, if I am, so like, and they're basic, cause I've been trying to avoid crypto for a while now and it's not, <laughs> it's not working. Like PTSD. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I guess okay. I still really do have PTSD. Um, well, at least you're early enough where it's like you're 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 not too late in the cycle when all the people are talking about the right time. Right. At least so exactly. It's still relatively early. We're only a few months in. True. Um, so two really basic questions. I I mean, I just I got terrified about. I don't know what's going on 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 Max. Like, are like they're just like the exchanges like. How, what am I like? Do I just trade to USDT and then? Yeah, just the only people I've much... seen posts about problems with Mexi are people using futures products, which is where oh, you get along. Okay. All right. Everybody great. else who just like buys and moves their coins off, I've seen nothing of any concern with that. Um, and um, so I don't like in a bull market, it's, it's unlikely that these exchanges are becoming insolvent or some BS. Usually they're doing fine in a bull market. Um, so I had no, had no problems buying and selling on Mexi at pretty sizable amounts. So it's not been a big deal. Um, you want to use a VPN if you're in the US. Right. Um, set it to like Switzerland or something. It runs just fine. The, the phone app works really well too. Um, no problem. Okay. And um, um, we've had no problem like, you know, getting things like Zephyr and some other things and just moving them off to our wallets. No problem at all. Okay. Um, so that that's fine. And then the last question, this is really basic. Um, I as far as the privacy goes like are we is, is like the idea that the end game for this like people are not like ky they're not like they're not like cashing out at the end like what's the deal <laughs> that was mm -hmm. a really basic what do you mean? well like is it that is it like the was it is it like the vision of like using ust like for your money like i mean how oh no this so so the difference with zephyr is um it's a hyper like it's an over collateralized stable so where if you remember to mint one ust you all only had to have one dollar worth of luna in this case it's uh, over collateralized by 400 percent. so in order to mint one um you know in, in order to mint one zsd you have to have like five dollars worth of um, you know, you, you have to have like right. five bucks worth of the, uh, uh Zeph. So it's not going to scale very well with that system, but it also will be very hard to have some kind of death spiral type of thing like Luna UST. There's no mint burn mechanism either. So right. all of the stabilization of ZSD, what little there is right now is going to happen because oh, of market makers on exchanges. 
you, you want to say there have to be like five dollars worth of Zeph inside that reserve pool for you in the reserve pool. Yeah. So there's a reserve yeah. coin too, ZRS. So it's not, not just Zeph. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not just simply Zeph going back and forth. There has to be Zeph actually um, in a reserve pool um, of what's called um, ZRS. So like long story short, without getting into too much new details, the bottom line is like no. Um, like, why are most of us in this thing? Because it's a low market cap and it's probably going to go up. Right. Like that's that's one reason. The second reason is because um, we we think privacy is going to catch a really heavy narrative as more CBDCs come out over the next two years, um, and that is a like a very anti privacy um, scheme. Um, but at the same time, um, privacy on and off ramps are going to get more difficult as uh, as evidenced by some things that OKX did with removing some prime privacy tokens and stuff. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So there's gonna be like some headwinds, but at the same time, there can ultimately be some DEXs created that can allow you to to, to move off of to, into other coins. Um, so there's some if, like possibility of that as well. What if I wanna cash out and be done? Well, you just take your Zephyr, go to Mexi, sell it pretty much, or Trade Ogre or no KYC or uh -huh. There's like four or five exchanges now that have it. So okay. it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, selling, buying and selling is the easy part. Um, right. Whether it's going to be like some gig up thing, you know, like the question is going to be how much to sell at, right? Because then right. how big of a potential does this thing have? I, like my projection would be Monero has a $3 billion market cap. Um that's the the largest of the privacy coins. The hash rate for this has already reached Monero's level, which right. um, from 2014 or whatever. So the network strength, um, like you know, probably commands a billion dollar market cap if you know based on comparables in the market. Mm -hmm. Right. So and that's like a a good solid 20x from here. So like if it, if it does a 20x from here, who really gives a shit, right? Like right. you know. It does this. It doesn't do that. Like you know, sell it, take for, take some profit, and do whatever. Um, uh, you know, but even from here, like at current price, I think it's quite rational in a bull market to get to like half a billion market cap, and that would be putting it at like two hundred dollars, which mm -hmm. is still a ten x from here. So all those kinds of numbers are very very achievable, and charts look really good now. Um, and but everything you know else. Monero. What was the reason that Monero achieved that that success back in the day? Well, Monero, like that was uh, back in 2014. So remember, there weren't very many cryptos in 2014, right? So this is like, um, you know, this is right on the time frame of like right after some of the the Bitcoin forks and things like that. Very early CPU mining protocol for privacy, um, and it's been around a long time. And it and it, uh, I don't remember what its market cap peak was. It wasn't three billion. It was much higher. I think it was like maybe it might've been like 15 billion market cap top. And then it like, um, it's floor market cap now is about two, two and a half billion now. Um, so it, it's put in higher lows over many years, which means that um, it's like, it's price now is quite reasonable um, if you are kind of interested in Monero. But um, yeah, the privacy thing, like the other thing that has not happened is um, the tech was not there to create privacy-based DEXs so that you could go and swap to like Tether or whatever without going to like um, a KYC exchange. That's a tech that can change soon. And the reason why is because um, ThorChain basically, which is a, um, 
you know, the ability to do cross-chain swaps has, has, has a, there have been some new forks of ThorChain, like Maya and some others that are coming about. And what's interesting about those is that if you modify them to handle ring signatures, which is the privacy system of this, then you might be able to get a privacy dex that can't be shut down by anybody. At which point, like, there's no way realistically for governments or whoever to fully regulate privacy, which is really critical um, in some ways. Um, and if that happens, then I think um, the the price of the coin definitely will go up higher uh, because then it becomes much, much more usable without worries, you know, like that maybe it won't be available. You, know, you can't find it on certain DEXs in the future and shit like that. Anyway, but that's kind of the, the overall bull case, I think, for it. Thank you. But yeah, there, there are negatives, I would say, but they're not like um, nothing extreme, really, I would say. Like, you don't have the death spiral problem uh, anywhere yeah. near like what Luna or UST would have had. Right. So that's the thing. Um, but yeah, there's, but there's tons of like, there's at least, uh, like there's dozens of good coins right now out there at reasonable prices, um, relatively early bull market. And practically everything pulled back yesterday. Right. So like yesterday was the, like yesterday and like the second were like the best times to buy probably for the whole year uh, as my guess. Like for 2024, you, we just like anyone that didn't grab those probably missed the lows. Um, I could be wrong. Watch me be wrong and everything wrecks. But um, <laughs> I think it's quite likely that like yesterday, like was the primo day to pick up everything. Anyway, but um, yeah, but Zephyr right is now we... is quite literally at its first fib resistance um, at twenty one dollars exact. And uh, like if it breaks out here, I think it'll just keep on climbing um for the next like uh, last time it took about a month a month for um zephyr to go from a dollar 80 to about 52 dollars i think the move from 20 dollars to like 200 dollars or something along those lines could probably like or let's say to about 110 dollars just a few fib levels above high that's probably like within could feasibly be done but by end of february oh my god okay pretty, pretty quick stuff yeah so it's like Definitely, whatever FOMO you're going to have this year, you need to fucking have that FOMO now. Like, there's no, like, later after things start going up and like, oh, no, now I'm buying the tops or whatever. You don't right. want to be in that position. You are fortunate enough to have been, like, in a get wrecked a couple years back, which is actually good for you because that means you're here early versus all your friends. Right. And so that's always the, th the thing. But you don't want to be, like... um Oh my God, they're all getting rich like two months or three months from now. And then like, oh, now start chasing in. I mean, the market could still be hot at that time. Don't get me wrong. There could be a lot of upside, especially BTC's running above all-time high and stuff. But like, you're still really quite early now. In fact, if you're not sure about how safe your assets are in terms of like, I don't really want to go into super high-risk things. There's tons of relatively low-risk things at good prices right now, um, I would say. Like... Um, like I talk about Chainlink a lot. It's one of right. my lower risk, larger bags for a reason. Right. Probably not going to go down very much compared to a lot of other shit. Right. And it's, it's still like, it only like, it's still quite a bit of ways to its prior high. And I think it'll run quite a lot. Um, like quite quickly. Uh, my guess would be like Chainlink in a couple months will be trading probably like, if I'm guessing correctly, right around 32 bucks, it's about 15 now. So that's kind of my theory there. So like there's a lot of lower risk stuff if you're trying to like 
you know, gain back your losses from previous seasons or something. You're like, Hey, I don't, but I don't want to have my shit go to zero. <laughs> like, right. th- There's options for you. Right. So, but anyway, let me see if Rio's mic works now. Cause I think he was trying to say R- Rio, uh, did you get a better connection? You hey, good? can you hear me, Sefi? Yeah, you're great. Okay. Now. I shut off my VPN. It was acting all strange. I said to Switzerland, so maybe it's Switzerland thing. Hey, a uh, couple things, man. Uh, are you excited about the, the prism? Uh, blockchain um and the second thing yeah mayor just mayor just mentioned about that earlier it's on testnet and stuff so you can go play yeah. um you, go on the faucet and play around you ready to get back in your your Dijon ways i don't know about that like <laughs> it, well here's the thing um it, one thing you can do technically is like if my zephyr moons so if we get a good 10x on zephyr from here i'll probably convert some of that to zsd Take that ZSD, send it to like Trade Ogre or some shit, convert that to something that I can send back to Cosmos, maybe just convert to Adam and send it back. And then I'll start playing on a new wallet, go completely fucking nuts. Why? Because then like it's an obscured wallet that like, you know, like because who the fuck is going to keep track of all those transactions on DeFi? Get the hell out of here. So I have a reason for being in Zeph, by the way. Like, like there's a there's a use case here, and that is that I, I'd rather have like um i'd rather be in the wild you know off the radar so to speak when i'm doing all that degen shit yeah second question man um what do you think about adromeda uh, the token launch here last week um i know you you maybe kept up mm. with that when what's it was on it, terra i have not kept up what has it done well they they launched a token last week on shade swap over there on secret and uh um, how can you just do you know how to pull this coin hall pull up charts from there or no no so here's the thing there's no chart for it right now because it's so brand new there's really no way to chart it all all, all you can do to know the price is just type in uh what was that all about i saw a dollar that, in that a new coin? coin what yeah what it, it's a new coin basically they're they're developing an operating system uh for blockchain so it'll sit on top of let's say terra and uh archway and then you're going to be able to, as a developer or even a, a user, be able to create uh, dApps or kind of like. Well, don't think of it an op- don't think of it as an operating system, Mayor. What it is, Andromeda is simply like imagine. Have you ever built like a WordPress website where you drag and drop little boxes of different things you want? Yes, yes, I've okay. seen that. Or, or have you used like have you ever programmed um, on that like? that training programming app called Scratch that kids use? Uh, not exactly. I think... Anyway, I think, don't worry yeah. about it. Anyway, you drag and drop little blocks. And the, I, the idea is that someone could create an, a, a small micro dApp and there'll be an app store for that dApp. And, but it'll be like a part of a dApp. Like, let's say, for example, I wanted to have a subroutine that would withdraw my Atom rewards and like take my staking rewards and automatically um, take them to Osmosis, convert them to Kuji, and then send them to Kujira or something like that, and then have them stake on Kujira. Let's say I have that that sort of like workflow that I want to do, right? Like so, each of these things, these these tasks that you want to accomplish, would be something that you could create a um, like a little like step for an Andromeda. And it's like a building block. So let's say staking your atom is, or claiming your rewards is one step. The next block is going to be 
um, transferring that to, you know, a different chain. And so what will happen is there'll be an app store where you can just basically buy each of the blocks that you want. You don't have to have any coding knowledge. And eventually you'd be able to like just tie these different things together and have some workflow that you like. Does that make sense to you? Like, and, and that can. Yeah, it does. And I, they just had a spaces earlier today. I saw that on their, I just went yeah. to their Twitter. So I'll, I'll oh, cool. it sounds very interesting. And, so, uh, but yeah. the, the concept here would be then you create a website, let's see, for a new protocol. And you want to basically charge some sort of fee on top of whatever those, you know, that's being like the regular transaction fees, putting together a neat, like, you know, like mini DAP essentially using those tools. Now, without having a lot of coding knowledge, you and me could go walk in there and make a little website that takes all of our Atom rewards and stakes them on Kuji, for example, automatically. And, and, or any other permutation of different shit you can imagine, right? So you could create interesting trading, um, algorithms or you can also do other things like um you could create like multi-sigs and whatever for different coins and maybe do some things that might be like automated treasury management or ways to pay people if they meet certain requirements or you know all sorts of different interesting things that like for example enterprise DAO is doing you'd be able to do similar things so andromeda is really an automation platform that turns like uh DeFi into like a wordpress website almost is a, is a good way to describe it where you could you could create you know how you go on wordpress and you're like oh i want a section for people to be able to type in their email i want a section for a menu i want a section for a title i want a section for photographs right and so you just drag and drop each of the sections you want for your website and wordpress similar thing but for but for um for DeFi. and they're making it cross chain so that you can do kind of like ibc things and i believe they're going to open a new chain and the coin launch has been on shade. What I don't know is like, what are the tokenomics of this thing and, and whatever else it's, it's up like, um, let me see. I'm trying to pull up the actual, it looks like it's launching on Astro vault too. Is that correct? Rio? Yeah. Yeah. It's lost launch on Astro vault, uh, Thursday. They didn't give it time. Cause I guess when they, uh, Astro what? Astro vault. How's that? It's, it's, it's a, a Dex. It's a it's a different Dex. Yeah, it's a different on it's a, on, on uh, Archway. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess when they uh, when they did the initial launch on Shade Swap, it kind of broke Shade Swap, so they don't want to give it time. But it's Thursday where they're launching the token. Are these on are the these Astro old Ball. school Terra devs? They've got some yeah followers on. Twitter. They've been yeah. around. No, they, they've been around a while. Andromeda is a project I, I was super interested in for the last few years. Okay, so I know all about it. I, I just I've talked to the team and everything. And what happened was they got um, wrecked by the twofold double punch of both the terror crash and the subsequent bear market and stuff, right? So that's kind of where they got stuck. And um, ultimately, though, I think the um, they finally decided, hey, wait a minute, if we're going to build this, it might as well be cross chain. Why are we doing? Why don't we have our own chain for this and all? Which does make sense for what they are building. Kind of a, kind of like a Kajira story. Yeah, right now one um Andromeda coin is 53 cents. What I do not know is like what in the hell their market cap is, how much is their FDV, all those usual stats. I think their market cap so, is right around 12 to 15 million. Uh it's a billion token supply hmm. so it's quite high the FDV for sure. Uh, do you know do you know what the highest It's really hard to get has been trading. 
Uh, I saw it get up to about 60 cents. 62 cents. 60, and that's I like think, 53 cents now. I think when it launched, it was like, you know, one cent or five cents, something like that. So it was really, really cheap. But it was so hard to get it because uh, ShapeSwap just crashed. So you just got lucky yeah, I put, got it. I put a link up top to the Ar- or the Archway or the Astro Vault. Uh, if you're not familiar with Archway, Sefi, it's, it's a different chain. It's, they got higher fees. Um, because mm. I think all the trading fees go back to the decks or something like that. Tank Tank knows all about it. He's down there. But um, if it's going to be available over there, that's a second place to get it, I guess. But how, how is the price discovery going to work if it's already released in one place? Like, what's the deal here? I don't understand the what Archway is going to be doing here. So it's a multi-chain launch pad. Is an Archway.io. Let's see what they got. I've never used them before. I bet Tank knows about it. I don't know if he can talk, but um i i don't know that much i'm i'm learning more that's why that's yeah i I saw some tweets about it but it's like you can only stay on top of so much you know (laughs) i don't know what the price discovery or anything like that it just started shave swap hella cheap and now Mm. you know like i said it's about 50 50 something cents right now um and i i I think you described it really well uh that's exactly what it is uh when i listened to the call today it talked about like instead of having like multiple uh, pages open for uh, you know like like let's say Kujira or something like that, you would just have one page open and would have all your your gaps within the page that you could uh, mess around with, which is is pretty interesting. And then you, if you talk about that expanding in different blockchains, maybe you have Osmosis open and you know a uh, uh, fin or, or uh, something like that at the same time i was thinking yeah ba- really good for like, arbitrage yeah you like could exactly. some type of arbitrage create, like little protocols yeah especially if you can have an oracle connected to it like where you get a price feed and stuff like that like if price of such goes to this i want it to sell and buy that right those kinds of if this then that statements iftt type statements can be done which my understanding they will be um the question I have about Andromeda, though, is, like, how reliable is that shit going to be? Because imagine, like, already you use, like, a TFM or something like that. Sometimes your your routing doesn't go through because some, you know, some specific chain error or something. So the problem with doing cross-chain anything is you'd want to have that really simple. And um, you, you want to have most of the background protocols be fairly immutable. If they're changing shit all the time, your protocol, your your little algorithm's going to break, right? So it's like, you know how like when you buy Lego kits, right, to make little, you know, like airplanes and cars and things, you know, the Lego blocks, you like the the beauty of Legos is like all the parts are interchangeable and you can be pretty sure that the battery pack that you bought last year is going to work with the, you know, the fan that you, you use on your Lego kit this year or whatever. Um, similarly, like the problem is if you have too many changes in the background to the various building blocks um, or blockchain components or, Cosmwasm or something, then the whole system has to be upgraded, and each of those little DApps or whatever have to be, um, or little connectors or whatever you call them, widgets, I should say, should have to all be upgraded as well. Yeah, widgets probably the right right word. You'll be going to have a marketplace of widgets you can buy, and then you can connect them together to do cool shit. Um, but I I, I, wor- I wonder how reliable that's going to be for anything really complicated, because of like the more steps you have, the more places there are for an error to happen, right? And how is it going to handle things like? delays and timing and is it going to like if let's say a transaction fails is going to try again 
and all those kinds of things are have to be built basically like so all those little widgets are going to be built by developers um separate from like what the andromeda team is building and apparently those builders are going to be able to get paid for that very similar to like apps in an app store like you know how you go to your apple app store you buy you know buy your apps it's going to be something like that where widgets could be purchased um that can do different tricks and things that you care about yeah it could be pretty good um but yeah, yeah kind of not i'm not sure it's exactly an operating system but like think of it as a operating system for um doing DeFi where you don't know how to you don't have to know how to code to add Google shit. Yeah, good point. That's that's how they described it as operating system. It was for me it was still unclear uh, you know like how the the token accrues value. Uh on the call they mentioned like they got like seven or eight different plans for it in the future, so that's kind of a little sus to me like why not tell us about it? Um but yeah, you can I I think the the plan is to be able to to trade these little widgets uh, on an app store uh, with the Andromeda token, you know, almost like a marketplace kind of thing. I picked up some just to, just to kind of follow along, you know, as as you, you say you do, you pick up some and then you start to really watch it. That's what I'm kind of doing myself. Keep, keep me posted it. Sounds interesting. It sounds interesting, but sometimes I'm, I'm more of a wait and see if, if they, you know, but that's, it's the longer you wait, it could, the, the token could move too, you know. These are things where it's like if you're going to watch a dashboard every day, like Pulsar or something. I don't know if Pulsar shows it, but um, if you're kind of watching this type of thing, it's like if you buy a dollar worth today, you know, you buy two dollars if it drops, and you buy four dollars if it drops more. And so these new coins, um, all new coins have price discovery to the downside. Um, sometimes they'll pump immediately after they get released because everyone's anticipating it. It goes, you know parabolic immediately like you mentioned what happened it went from like a dollar you know it went from like a penny to sort of like 50 cents or 60 cents and it's probably if i had to guess like way overvalued at that price more more than likely i don't i don't even know what the market the total like coins in circulation are but if i recall i looked at the tokenomics sheet for andromeda and they have a lot of coins on the team side and early investors and whatever so a very small amount of Andromeda token was actually put out for circulation. So like, you should be super, That's correct. super careful. It's, it's basically like whatever number you're buying it at essentially is a meaningless number that could basically drop 99%. Um, and people should be wary of that. I think it's uh, a lot of it's two-year vesting with the six-month cliff. So in mm-hmm. six months, you know, you could see tokens potentially dropped on your head. Yeah, my problem with these these vesting periods and stuff too is like there's a tendency for everyone to wait for the vesting periods to get over with in order to buy more. So like any whale that's going to buy serious amounts of this thing, like let's say they're going to buy a million dollars worth, like they're, they're probably going to try to wait for this type of thing, right? So it, yeah, and, and I don't think it's one that you have to ape into, honestly. Like in the grand scheme of things, how important is this? project i think it could be a cool project is there a real like solid like reason for there to be an entire chain for this i'm not sure is there a reason for it to have a token that's also a maybe it's truly just a fundraising it's a it's a fundraising mechanism for sure like it's a security token in its class are they form. running their own chain real i believe so yeah it's the coins being released yeah on, okay. on it's not stakeable not stakeable not- yet but they're they just started running their own chain. Oh, so they're releasing the token before you can. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird, huh? I, I I agree. I don't want know why you need a chain for for this. Yeah, at all. for this. Hey, 
Sefi, real quick. I need to and remember, out. if there's a chain, the, the other thing too is that means that there's defla- there are potentially deflationary coins involved. They're going to run so, validators, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, inflationary coins involved. So, like, ideally, the best place for Andromeda to release a chain in this context would be like as a side chain on Cosmos Hub. I think they said a fix. It's going to be fix one billion supply. Yeah, because no at least if they're yeah, if fix would make sense if they're a Cosmos side chain. Which honestly, like, I don't know why anyone would want to have their own chain for this sort of thing. Because then, like, as a Cosmos hub chain, you don't have to pay for, you know, but all you have to pay is transaction fees. There's, you don't have to pay for inflation with a validator set. So, but anyway, Andromeda's, yeah, keep an eye on it. Like, maybe you can you got, you can message us when, like, you're like, oh, shit, the price is really low. Because you'll get a better sense of it because you're watching it. And then, for like, sure. <laughs> send me a message if it looks like, oh, yeah, it's time to buy now. I'll be like, all right, like Rio said, bye. <laughs> all right, you gotta follow me. Hey, what what do you think about like warp and and Andromeda? You know, warp with automation and stuff. I mean, I can't believe I'm not following already. It's, it's we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, um, sometimes I don't take the time to push these buttons. You're saying about warp, what? Yeah, warp and automation. Because doesn't warp do the same thing like automation and stuff like that? Yeah, it, it warp is re- similar. Really similar, maybe. Uh, maybe they're. Uh, uh, you, you, they, they work together kind of seamlessly kind of thing. Yeah. You probably will be able to like put warp widgets on Andromeda to do like the warp functions from Andromeda's thing. So anything anybody else does, Andromeda can incorporate it at some level and warp can do the same thing. Um, I don't know how much cross chain shit warp's going to do. I haven't paid attention to it lately, but yeah, it'd be nice to be able to use some of warps functions inside of, uh, inside of Andromeda to do cool shit. So here, here's my ultimate, like, what, like this is what example, I was thinking. Like an example of this Rio would be, let's say I had like 10 people and I needed to pay an office of 10 people and I had Cosmos Hub staking rewards coming in and I was like, okay, I want to take those staking rewards and I want to automatically direct those to 10 wallets, um, you know, or something like, something along those lines. Uh, or, or I want like those people to come and claim that money from a specific multi-sig or something on a given time period based on like certain criteria, you could do all sorts of cool shit like that um, using warp, but also you could make it cross chain using Andromeda. I don't know if that makes sense, but like there's all sorts of interesting permutations you could do of like directing money here and there and like performing specialized functions. The thing, the, the thing I could never figure out in DeFi though is like, all the practical high utility shit that people say, oh, this would be good for my business or whatever. That, that's true. But like how many businesses and how many people are actually going to use these niche applications? So a lot of crypto is like a lot of infrastructure that's being built. But how many true users are going to be and how much is that going to accrue value for the different tokens is a bit of a mystery. Um, so like with Andromeda and things like that, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think yeah. like... I'm you have to build something like a Dyson. You, know? hmm? so you have to build something like a Dyson vacuum cleaner because a vacuum cleaner is just something fucking boring, you know. Right, right. A- like, yeah, why are people going to use this for this purpose? Um, no, I think the thing about these tokens, though, that what to be conscious about Andromeda about would be, um, if you're super early, like, and you're able to get it at like a bear market, like super low price. I think those type of chains make some sense in that they might catch a bid. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think you have, a, you should get a small bag of it and kind of like leave it at that maybe. 
I just don't know how they're going to make the coin price moon long term. Because yeah. there's so many Cosmos chains that do good stuff, but like DVPN and different things, but that doesn't mean their coin price does really great. So just be careful with it. My, my holy grail would be if Andromeda uh, hooked up with uh, Terra and Warp and then also hooked up with White Whale cross-chain liquidity. Uh, I think that would be pretty interesting, all three of those working together to just bring cross-chain liquidity and automation uh, amongst the Cosmos. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Andromeda is not so much, it's the ability to sort of make neat programs with DeFi is what it really is. And yeah, the more cross-chain shit there is, the more fun it becomes because then you're like, you might say like, ooh, I want um, to use all my staking rewards from um, Cosmos Hub and I want to direct those to buying autism token, which is on injective. That'd be an example of an application. And then you just put the building blocks together to make it do what you want to do, hit hit go, and then the thing will run in the background, presumably. Um, I don't know where the execution's happening on those type of projects, by the way. Like, you know, are they going to use like maybe, they might use like um, Celestia and things like that for data availability and maybe do execution somewhere else. And because like Enterprise DAO does execution in the background, but I believe it's an, I believe it's uh, I mean, I'm sorry, warp, not an enterprise warp and enterprise. I believe they use like, um, some kind of centralized engine for execution. And that's sometimes the linchpin problem with these things is that on the one hand they're decentralized, but on the other hand, they're becoming centralized because their execution is centralized on some computers. I, I don't know. We'd have to look at the details before doing anything fancy, but it could be a lot of fun to like, um, for yield directing types of, um activity and maybe and i'm not sure but like maybe you can use andromeda to do like different types of automated orders or things um like you might execute some strategies or something like that who knows the way the way that the team described it it was like you can do almost anything but how reliable that shit is a different story <laughs> like i don't know ibc and it's sort of like token delays might present some challenges maybe Hey, real quick, Sefi, have you looked at Celestia's chart recently? I know King Wabi was he's been talking about it a lot. It hit an all-time high like four days ago at 17. Mm, yeah, let's see. Let me pull up again. I I don't know that much about the tokenomics. I mean, they did the big airdrop. There was so much hype. It's it's run, it's it's had a really nice run, but I don't know how much tokens are still allocated to the team and all that like i'm trying to find that i haven't seen any of it i don't know if anyone knows the tokenomics on celestia has pretty good uh price support about 12 dollars. oh it has a hideous tokenomics let's not even get started on that i bought it i might made like a two and a half x and sold it um i was pretty comfortable with that <laughs> like yeah, I bought it there's, really early, there's still a lot of tokens reserved aren't there like there's a lot of tokens reserved that are potentially going to be used mm -hmm. i mainly wanted just a big zephyr bag so i kind of like i wrote a few of these things like say and tn whatever it's not to say that they couldn't go up and they're not good holds or you maybe you like them and you want to like stake them and stuff and get the airdrops and things um but there comes some sort of market cap after which you're going to have gravity in that like team tokens and other things eventually become overhead resistance and you know, like the higher the price goes, the less whales are going to want to be involved because like smart money does not want to be dumped on by teams at some point. Right. And it, it just hit a $2 billion market cap. It looks like 
Yeah, and that's that's the 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 circulating market cap. The actual um, FDV is like fourteen billion. So then therein lies the problem, in my view. Right, like if I was going to pick a coin, you're going like to get diluted. You're going to get today, diluted. Yeah, yeah. If I'm buying something today, it's like there are just better choices in the market at this price. Yeah, when I bought Tia at like two dollars or something, or whenever the whenever it first came out on Coinbase, that was right. I, yes, that was right when it came out. It was yeah. two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> and I sold it at like maybe five bucks. You know, like I was like, all right, I'm cool. I'm I'm good with this. Um, I wasn't really too worried about what it did or didn't do. Um, I kind of got pissed at them because they didn't give me much of it. I didn't get the, um, I didn't have a proper VPN to get the airdrop for my Atom. So I kind of got gypped. I didn't have time to do it either. I was busy. And so I was like, I was pissed at them and I punished them by not buying their fucking coin and dumping on them. So anyway, <laughs> whatever that's my little rage dump on them or like, uh, yeah, whatever. So I just sort of gained some. I made a little bit of gain and I bought like, that's what part of my Zephyr bag that I bought at six. So I'm well ahead. I actually did better by buying Zephyr than I did by holding my Tia. You did a 2X on Tia and then you used some of that to buy Zephyr. Yep. Yeah, which is now at like a, I don't know, 3X yeah. from where I bought it. So I'm fine. There you go. Yeah. When, so, when so, Zephyr on a decentralized exchange? Um, that's the part we're not sure of if like, um, I mean, the best type of decentralized exchange I can imagine it being on would be a Thorchain fork with ring signatures for privacy enabled. And that's a thing that hasn't been invented yet. We've talked to Chad Bereford and everybody about it. And, um, it would require some development time to build such a thing. Nobody wants to put it on, put it on, um, uh, there's mixed feelings about putting these things on Thorchain, the main chain, because like then you get the ire of the regulators and stuff, which already you're going to have some of that because it's a permissionless DEX, basically. For like it's a permissionless cross chain DEX with high liquidity. But um, I think there's some rumblings that essentially, if you were going to create something like this, it would be called Black. And the it would be a Thorchain fork with ring signatures enabled for privacy purposes, um, so that it can actually accept a Monero and it can accept um, uh, something like Zephyr, and then you would be able to swap it to a non-privacy thing like Tether or whatever you want, um, which would be fucking amazing. Like to not have to go now for small amounts of money, you can do that now. Like you you have reasonable liquidity and a non-exchanges like No KYC and Trade Ogre and whatever else there's places you can definitely go but if you want somewhere that's like really decentralized can't be shut down is really liquid um a third chain fork would probably be the way to go if someone builds it so there's some rumblings about the idea of it i just don't think the tech is there yet like someone credible has not actually built the fucking thing to do ring, ring signatures the third chain account i don't know who runs that but said something along the lines of um some, and Chad said something similar, that they believe it's possible to incorporate a privacy um, ring signature-based system within DoorChain, but it is not, like, it's not on their roadmap at the moment, but there are some people asking for Monero and things like that for a while. Um, well, you, you can imagine people are going to ask for it, because, like, I mean, like, <laughs> there's all sorts of nefarious things you can do uh, once you have that set up. But uh, I can imagine there's going to be like a, a demand for that for sure. For fuck, like, absolutely for sure. But um, yeah, to be able to get basically from a 
um, a high liquidity thing that you can buy on a regular exchange like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Tether or something like that, be able to go over to a DEX that's, you know, uh, and be able to basically swap it for whatever you want to um, is going to be a, definitely a, a popular sort of mechanism. Um, but because of the arrests of the people that did um, uh, tornado cash and stuff, I think building something like this would have to be full and on, I believe. Um, so I don't think they should do it on Thorchain itself. I do believe if they built it, it should be like um, a happy fork or what do you call it? A, you know, like a cooperation fork and then do a, a black box decks would be really, really amazing. Um, so yeah, th this is sort of the, the sense I get. If I see that get produced, I'll be like, I'll be much more bullish. Um, in the meantime, like that's just purely vaporware. Like it doesn't exist and nobody's promised anything. It's just truly just me talking about it pretty, pretty much. Um, so there's that. Anyway, um, so what else is going on, guys? Yeah, I heard you. Uh, I heard you mention DVPN earlier. Are you? Uh, are you holding that one by any chance? Um, I haven't used their platform um, lately. Um, I used. Um, I got a new VPN called Mulvad, which um, uh, Tendermint Timmy was talking about. And it's working really, really great. I use Monero to pay for it so that it's totally um, anonymous uh, VPN usage. And um, it's working really, really great. I, I bought like multiple years worth at one time so that I don't have to keep fucking around with it. <laughs> and uh, it's working great. DVPN is also a VPN service that you could pay, with, pay for with the DVPN token. I don't know how good of a service it is for starters. I, do you use it? I've actually never used it, but I was looking at their their coin caught my attention. Uh, that's all it was. It's, I mean, yeah. it hasn't broken out, but it's been holding above uh, previous range jobs. I'll, I'll pick some of that up yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure everything's starting to break out as, th as like DEX tokens move. Like as Osmosis moves, everything on Osmosis will probably climb with it as an automatic, like reflexive maneuver with the AMMs. Um, so, so long as we're in bullish times, I think everything will move. You shouldn't automatically assume it's moving because like everyone's suddenly using the VPN service. It's more speculative moves. No, I think it's probably, it's probably, it's, I, I've never even heard anybody mention the VPN before the, the coin caught a somewhat of no, a it's, it's, and it's been all, out all of a sudden they're using it, but <laughs> it's but. been out since before last bull market. So it's not new. Um, I, I haven't right. heard any reviews about how good it is as far as a platform's concerned. Um, as far as the actual DV, actual usage of the VPN, but yeah, if you're inter if people are interested, like it is a VPN that you can use that um, you can send your DVPN tokens to, and that will um, if you buy them on Osmosis, uh, and you can basically pay for VPN services on their chain. Um, yeah, I don't know how good of a VPN it is. I've found that this Mulvad VPN is quite good. M U L L V. Fuck the VPN. How's the how's the chart look for a DVPN? Oh, I, <laughs> okay. Hold on. <laughs> because that's that's really what I I'm interested in with DVPN. Gotcha, I really gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not too worried about V. Well, on a plus side, by the way, for people that are interested in airdrops and stuff that maybe like are geoblocked, uh, Mulvad's gotten me to certain airdrops that uh, I couldn't get to with some of the other. A VPN pr products like Nord and whatever. So it's pretty good. Um, and they don't take any personal information from you. 
and you can even pay with Monero so that like no one knows that who that is that's on that system. So if you want a secure a VPN that is uh, totally anonymous, M-U-L-L-V-A-D is what I would use. And you, you, they've got it on the phone and they've got it also on the, uh, they've also got it on um, desktop. It's working fantastic. In fact, it's much, much more streamlined than Nord, which seems like bloatware by comparison. It's like a really nice, like, nice thing. So DVPN, um, do you know which uh, chart has the great longest price history of it? Let me pull up Coin Hall. Because I think to do any kind of fibs and shit, the problem is KuCoin had it listed kind of late, I think. Let me see here. You'll see. DVPN is on. um, Yeah, it's on us. It's on CoinHall. It's at two cents at the moment for the actual token price. Its market cap is 30 mil with an FDV of 47 mil. So not too big at the moment. It's only got 378k liquidity on osmosis. Um, trying to see like how long of a price chart we have here. Um, yeah, it seems like it. It's kind of flown under the radar for sure. But I like I because I'm thinking along the lines of like because um, Akash and a few of these other ones, any kind of narratives like that are going to bring you know eyes to the cosmos. They're going to be looking for coins that are lower market cap. Yeah, um, low market cap and, fall and into that narrative. Like, yeah, and stuff that does things right. Like this is the DVPN, yeah, yeah. the decentralized infrastructure narrative. Um, so what happened with DVPN is when it first came out, um, it was obscenely overvalued. Um, it like opened during a bull market at a very high initial valuation, I believe, and it was like at, um, like one point eight cents which is a 10x from the current price. So it it dumped during the um like 2022 after like January 2022 it's been like downhill ever since pretty much and it bottomed out at like um 0. 0.0002 or something thereabouts which is like a major drop from the top. In fact, let me see if I can draw this real quick. I think that's a hundred X because it's a there's an extra zero in front of that too. It's a yeah. There's all sorts of zeros zero, going zero. on here. Yeah, there's a bunch of zeros going on here. Um, let me try to make draw some general fibs on this thing. Yeah, it hasn't even gotten to if you look use its top, it hasn't even gotten to its first um, fib resistance yet. Um, that would be at point zero zero four. It's at point zero zero two now, approximately. So. You still got a 2x to the first level um, and beyond. So, I mean, long story short, there's probably very few bag holders of this. I mean, the thing's only like 30 mil market cap. Um, and those very few people that actually own this probably forgot they own it. It's probably tons of dust and wallets everywhere. And I would look at it almost as a new coin and a new chart almost, right? Yeah, that's um, what I was looking at because whenever I posted the chart for it too, it got tons of engagement comparatively to like a lot of these um Really, coins I'm posting, so it just it it got me thinking. I'm like, there there might be something with this. I went ahead and picked up a bag with, of it just in case, but you know, yeah, it pumped to three cents and it pulled back now to like not three cents, but point zero zero three, and it pulled back to point zero zero two right now. So yeah, not not a bad little pullback here, but definitely it's already ten x off of its bottom bottom though. So if you bought this sucker during the bear market, you did good. If you're buying now, you're riding the wave basically and probably plenty of upside 
probably. Remember that uh, part of this could have gone up because Osmosis token went up, remember? Because the DVP and yeah. Osmo pairing is probably one of the biggest pairings on the uh, these exchanges. Um, let me see if there's something else. Yeah, and Osmosis will probably push a lot of these, uh, especially ones that you can't find on other exchanges and things like this, kind of push that coin price up a lot. Yeah, the li- the highest liquidity combo here is actually not the DVP and Osmo, but the DVP and Atom chart. And that has like 377k liquidity. Um, and then the DVP and Osmo chart has $190,000 worth of liquidity. So not very much. So you can't go whale crazy on this, like on this coin for sure. Uh, you'll wind up with a lot of slippage and stuff. So I think, yeah, not bad. I think you could, you could definitely ride this one for sure. It's got a nice pullback on it. Not a bad buy right now, probably. If I mean purely speculative though, but remember too, like another thing to keep in mind is like previous coins that are older, um, they'll catch a bid, but like the highest level of attention for any coin is when it first releases. It's like it's like a it's the same with businesses and things. Like all the advertising money, all the excitement, all the like you know YouTube pumping and whatever other stuff that these teams do, they tend to have that happen at the very beginning. So I don't know how much the team has actually exited of their original tokens or whether they dumped on the community or what, I'm not really sure. I know we've spoken to their lead dev or somebody like on here on spaces once, like maybe in the last month. Um, I didn't really get into the details of how much they sold and shit like that. But like um, you could probably get that data from their, from the team wallet information and stuff like that. Um, not really sure, but it yeah, shows a lot of dilution still left to go. So. And that's true that, you know, every coin's going to catch a bid, but the coins from previous cycles, they have lots of uh, resistance levels that you're looking at above you. Yeah, so. resistance and, like, just, you know, the advertising is not going to be as... The pumpamentals, like, as far as, like, shill cartel is not going to be as big, right? Because, like, you'd have to have a whole new group of people buy it and go, hey, we're all going to buy this and then shill this thing on YouTube or something, whatever, you know, however this works. So, uh, yeah, I think it's... uh. <laughs> like a uh, new things are just easier to show in, in many ways. Um, especially like if it's one of those things where it's like, if a hundred people buy it at the bottom of the bear market and they're like, let's talk about this in a bull market, then, then it, it might make sense. Cause it's like, cause your question's always going to remain. It's like, wait, who's going to be buying this thing? Who's going to know about it. Right. And, and it sounds stupid. Like how, how much is a token going to be shilled? But like, like that'd be like having like me create a car company and I create a car that nobody knows about. Like, and it's an amazing car. Like, like it doesn't matter if nobody knows about the fucking thing. It's like, no one's going to buy it. So that's the other part that you have to keep in mind with these, um, with these, with these coins is like, who who is going to talk about this thing and, and how and when, what, what social media platforms or whatever. Um, Ooh, Zeph's made it to 21,440. It's trying to do its, it's trying to break out this level finally. I think it'll get there. Um, I think next level up is 25 bucks for Zeph. And it's a 50-day moving average at 25.60. So wouldn't surprise me if Zeph ran there maybe by today, maybe. Let's see. It'd be good. Like We need a good, nice, strong candle on Zephyr and then like a continuation right past about 37 bucks. If you, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, 37 27 bucks if you can get past right around 28 bucks 30 bucks that level for zephyr it's like clear skies at that point 
um that should look really good but yeah it, like more important to me than any other bag would be that zephyr goes up because now i have an obscure bag that has gone up uh so if i could 10x anything or 100x anything i'd rather have it be zephyr than anything else on the market today um that i have like and that's because like it has it has the highest utility uh when number goes up if you know what i mean <laughs> Kajira is starting to pick up too now. Five, four, fifty. I see uh, Neutron smash the levels we were talking about a couple of weeks ago too. Oh yeah, like, like uh, yeah. Neutron uh, like broke through its dollar thirty-seven. It almost hit the one seventy-one fib, dollar uh, seventy-one, and then it pu- pulled back during this recent dump all the way back to like buck twenty-eight. Um, yeah, not a bad spot right now for Neutron again. Um, it's already retested its breakout that it spent like a month breaking out of. So I think, uh, yeah, Neutron's not bad here, NTRN, if someone wants to get this. Um, let's see here. What else? Adam pulled itself back up to almost 10 bucks again. It needs to really run. Like uh, Cosmos will have its biggest renaissance if Adam hits like, I don't know. Um, if it goes to 20 plus dollars, like Adam, everything in Cosmos is just going to be ripping by that point. That'd be, that's going to be a lot of fun. Hmm. Chainlink made it back to 1425. Yeah. Everything's putting in like a really wicked, like vertical candle. So it wouldn't shock me at all. If like, if Chainlink just rips past its, uh, resistance this time, cause like one, two, three, like four, five, it hit like the 1580 resistance, like five times in a row like over the course of two months so it'd be shocking to me if there's a whole lot of sellers left and um all the longs got liquidated so uh i'd like to see Chainlink get to 31 ish i think if if Chainlink hits 31 ish all the alts also just generally run there are certain like signals that smart money is getting in and you want to know that that's happening like a lot of people were liquidated on both sides too. Uh, yeah, because it's not because so. it's not Galaxy Digital who's buying like fucking you know your your meme coin like you know like they're not in there buying Pepe, right? Necessarily, they're wanting the high quality stuff. And so, if the big players, um, hedge funds, whoever, are buying the high quality stuff and those are moving, it it it's a good strong indicator that everything else will do well. If it's just retail fucking around pumping like retail coins, like, I don't know, just injective or things like that, which has been largely like a retail fueled shill pump. Um, yeah, then then it's not as strong of a market, I would say. If you, you want the heavy hitters to come in and bring lots of liquidity, that's where that's where you get you, you get that is the, the more serious projects. Anyway, um, yeah, injective actually uh, is just about to break its high. Um, it made it to 44-ish, and it's now at 42. So if you haven't had secured an injective bag, um, it already did, of course, a pullback with the rest of the alt market. Um, it put in a higher low, actually, on this latest dip. So remember December, like January 2nd or 3rd or whatever, you know how we had that crash? Um, it almost hit its 50-day moving average, um, barely, um, and didn't even get that low. And then it um, dumped again as of yesterday. But put in a higher low at $32 instead of uh, $29 on the previous dump. So now it's just going to run. I mean, like, it's put in two higher lows even during dumping. 
So I think it'll hit um, next is $59 injective and then 91 after that. Um, I think the next FIB level is pretty much a given for injective. It's just too early in the market. I believe um, I got into injective at $25 with the intent to sell at about 90 um, at the $92 extension. So like before, like $100 injective will become like meme, right? Like as it gets closer, it's like $100, you know, and everyone gets excited. So I think 92 might be the front run and just take that fib. Um, the one after that's 173, which is quite a bit higher. Yeah, I had a plan to sell injective at like $8. And then I saw, I mean, I was just like, this This one's not stopping at $8. I'm fucking sitting at like $40. So. Yeah, well, it, once it broke prior high, it was like, well, fuck it, right? It's, 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 it's on like Donkey Kong at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah you anything that breaks prior high is gonna run like this season anything that's break like that's the that's why i'm so focused and I, I have larger bags in stuff that has like either in price discovery brand new stuff that would be like kujira that would be like zephyr is, or, or new coins and then things that are really really close to prior highs already or have broken already so injective broke Solana's on its last fib to uh, you know before it hits all time high, um, so that's it's worth having a bit of a bag on that. I have larger bags on like Akash because I've had them for quite some time, and they're doing well. It's doing well, and it's close to all time high. It has like one fib to go, and then next is the all time high. Um, the other one that's close is Fetch. Um, so like all these things that are like that have really really clean charts. To me, I have a bit bigger bag in for that reason um it's just basically just playing the chart meme at that point yeah like where's fetch today it made it all the way back to 67 cents its top was about 80 cents 79 i think and it bought a double bottomed at 56 on this recent dump so it's put in some nice bottoms i think um yeah it, i think the altcoin space looks like a situation where it wouldn't surprise me at all if you woke up tomorrow and all your shit just mooned like you put in this just gigantic candles um very very possible at this point with especially with all these liquidations out of the way um everything's just primed to move i think better and better i thought we would break out already like i thought a few days ago after that uh january 2nd or 3rd like down wick i thought we'd be running but um that's why I bought Kajir at like five bucks and then it dropped to like four thirty. I'm like, shit, I should have waited. <laughs> but uh it's all right. It'll come back up. It's at four fifty two now. Um so yeah, I just added to some things. What was that scam dump last night, bro? What was that? And I don't think it was anything special. I think it was just like we already had um so what happened there was we had that deep wick down on the, the third. And I think that first caused a lot of liquidations, but I think a lot of people put in new long positions at that point, right? Because it pumped right back up again. And I think those people were liquidated again um, in a cascade. And then, and but that many coins put in a higher low on that second liquidation thing. So that suggests more spot buyers are in play. So that sent, sort of sends a message that, hey, it's let's fucking go. And now it's like everything's running. Yeah, so I think I that. it's good that we had those liquidations. Um, well, you know, it's it's like fast. You know, you're in a bull market when it's like you see steep retracements, and then they're just like immediately starting to pump again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because like people you are see watching steep corrections right? again. Yeah, people are watching. They're looking for those buys, you know, and they're like, "Ooh, that looks like a good spot." Um, 
yeah, there's definitely dip buyers that are like the the redder the the meat, like you know, the the, the more they the bloodier the meat, the, the the quicker they jump on it. Um, but yeah, a lot of things are up a lot today. Injectives up sixteen percent or so on the twenty four hour. Um, yeah, we have we have a crypto chat. Like one of the newer guys that we we got in there, he's a buddy mm-hmm. of mine. He's like not really a crypto norm, or he's just like a regular kind of business dude, a normie. He's like, yeah. why, why are we dipping? And then everyone else in the chat is like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, just watch. <laughs> then, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, what, what's going on here? This, this sucks. And it's like, okay, you weren't here during the bear market. This guy's got quite a bit of capital. But it was just funny seeing his reaction versus like all of us were like, okay, it's time to like, we get, we get a little bit of a better opportunity right the now. Simple way to just, the simple to way to describe it. this to people is simply that like, as the market gets hotter, more people get frisky with leverage. They take on 5, 10, 20x leverage in different places. And as a result of that leverage there, and not only that, but there's people taking leverage on leverage. They'll take leverage on one thing, go to another place and take leverage on that shit and just go crazy. And that, um, that cascade leads to these, like, these cascaded liquidations. It's just normal. Like a, a 10 or 20% drop in crypto in a day is like just basically Tuesday, right? Like there's nothing special. Yeah, it's like you, you should just tell people, yeah, 30% up and down moves in a day is normal and they should just move on. It's basically like moving 3% in stocks. Like, are you really going to get upset about 3%? No, just like, well, magnify. No. Look how much smaller crypto is. It's like that. that's a that's a blessing because when you do time those dips, dude, you could have just made some of my alts like, I mean, like IMX was at 250 and then it went down to like 180 in the course of like a week and a half. I was like, dude, that's a steep ass correction that you could have. I mean, I'm not one for buying and selling. I don't, I don't like to trade. I just like to buy and hold, especially during a bull market, just because your chances are you're probably going to end up losing coins trying to time it, and then you're dealing with taxable events. So uh, it, it's just crazy, though, to think like, all right, well, you know, literally a week and a half ago, 250, back down to 180, and then like back up to two and probably go up to three. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, bro. But it's no, cool. It's a, I mean, I, I love it's it. I lo- it's just when people are in the market long, long enough, it's like you get numb to it. But I could understand trying to put myself back in like a normie position if you were investing, you know. No, I mean, like, Logan, I want a lot of people to take on leverage and pump my bags with it. Like, I, if you'll take on 100x leverage on something and pump my bags, I'll be all for it. Let's, let's open up an exchange with 5,000x <laughs> leverage. And yeah, if it moves exactly. by a pip, you're fucked. I think that was called the ohm fork or something. Um, yeah, that like you no, but the thing is like you want to be positioned so that you can mostly get spot, have almost no risk in terms of like liquidation risk. You don't have to have stop loss. You don't have any of that shit. So you don't have to pay any fees. You don't have to ever sell low and you want other people to pump your bags on leverage. So when, you know, you know how these impulse moves go, like this, something starts running, people just start buying, taking on more leverage and pump your bags. And the bigger the, um, the coin is like, let's say a chain link or something the more people there are to actually like take on leverage. So when the moves actually come, they usually melt face um, and then they correct really aggressively too. And that's just normal. Um, and then the good thing about having lots of leverage in the background is it brings attention because remember all the, everybody's apps, like their, their exchange apps and their various, like whatever, he sends alarms, you know, like, Oh, look, the, the, the price of link is up today. And, you know, so like everyone gets these, um, these alerts and they're like, Ooh, it's, it's moving. I should get some. And you can't imagine how many people buy when they see those alerts and they and it's in the green. Like people have a very strong tendency to FOMO into green candles for sure. 
So like yeah, it's also has- uh, it's it's also people trying to catch up with the rest of the market. So you'll see a coin that you missed, and then it's mm-hmm. it's already done a five x, and you're thinking, well, if I take on five x leverage, maybe I can catch the rest of the move, and then oh, I'm yeah, right. really messed out as much. And it's like now, <laughs> yeah, there's just this FOMO cascade that pumps the whole thing really fast. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome. But like, it's much much nicer to be on the receiving end of that, where someone else pumps your bags with leverage. So you don't have to take any of the leverage risk. That's the beauty of it, right? Um, I mean, you, you can play on leverage if you like. Go right ahead. Anyone can do it. But I, I'm just saying, like, I prefer to to have spot bags cheap and then have the ability for that to be pumped by leverage later, possibly. And that's the thing. Like, if you're in micro caps, you're, it's already kind of a leverage play in that they move a lot anyway. You don't need additional leverage on top of your leverage. Um, you know, and then the coins that do have a lot of leverage available are usually much larger market caps because um, by the time they get onto the type of exchanges that offer leverage and ultimately are, offer leverage specific trading settled in that coin, like whether it's a KuCoin or Binance or whatever, a lot of coins take a while to, to where they actually will de- uh, provide the ability to take on leverage. Um, so there are some coins, like for example, take for example, Neutron. It got on because Binance Labs is backing it. It is on Binance really early. So like you can expect giga pumps on the fucking thing, not only because it's on every exchange and everyone can buy it, but also because um, um, leveraged uh, trading becomes available fairly early with it. So it, it pumps a lot more. When it runs, it runs. So <laughs> it doesn't require that many new users because like one user can buy 5x or whatever leverage. Uh, Anthony, comments, questions? What's up? Yeah, I just came up here to say fuck Shippy. Yeah, Shippy's an asshole. Wow. <laughs> wow, he he really just did that. Yeah, you you, you probably shilled him some coin and went down, more than likely. I've done that a couple times. It happens, man. Happened to us yeah, all. Yeah, but but Ant Ant shilled me this this one coin that is now it says it's twelve dollars in my wallet, but it's not on any exchanges. <laughs> so yeah what do i do now hey hey okay. hey buy more yeah definitely go in more but it's not going to be a multiple exchanges, and you got a protection plan too you got an insurance policy hey do i yeah you did wow 100 your money back lit. yeah is the insurance policy you do i contact you no nope. <laughs> do i hit you up for the money that's the provider not me no, bro. We we uh we out here though. We 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 uh we buying dips, Ant. That's what we doing. Did you load up last night? Did you buy some more? I have a lot of everything. I'm just I'm just enjoying. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm just, I am I'm just right kind of like I'm enjoying enjoying the ride. I have like I, I only tweeted one thing yesterday. That was get everything. Yes. That, that's the buy signal. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious. Hey, hey, does the does the ETF get approved tomorrow? Isn't it when Wednesday is the final date? I think possibly as early as Wednesday is what they said. Well, that's when ARC's deadline is. So if they don't approve it on the 10th, that means they'd be delay or ARC's final deadline. So they'd be denying ARC, which is very unlikely. So they'll probably approve sometime during the day on Wednesday. Hmm. But you might, yeah, you okay. might get a leak rumor or something tomorrow because, you know, people leak everything. I don't believe this is a sell to news. And the reason is because I think that sale has already happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't. The liquidations on the third or whatever, you know, when the market crashed, that was sort of the sale already. Yeah. Do people overthink that shit? It's like the guys that are like, all right, so you're born on like December 
1992. When you add 92 and 23, it equals fucking whatever. And then that is aligned with this. And it's like those same motherfuckers are the ones that's like, buy the rumor, sell the news. This is the ultimate situation. It's like, bro, sometimes the news is actually really bullish and you just click the buy button or you're smart and you've been buying because you know this is going to be a catalyst. Or, or like another way to look at it, sell the news. if you're buying spot and let's say the ETF thing gets approved and there's like mass ETFs everywhere, probability of like, you know, happenings coming anyway. Let's say there's a sell the news. Who gives a shit? So you bought the high. Who gives a fuck? I bought, I got Kajira like, you know, thinking it would break out the day before yesterday. I bought it at like, you know, five bucks and it's dropped to like five, tw- uh, 420 overnight. But I know it's going right back up, so I don't really care. And it was still a good buy. It's fine. Um, so, like, yeah, even if you drop 20% or whatever, who gives a fuck? Like, it's going to go right back up anyway. If, like, if it's approved, sell the news is the perfect opportunity at that point, right? Yeah, it's just too it's, easy, it's, honestly. At the end of the day, long term, it's incredible. Like, over the next year, year and a half, it's, it's incredible. Exactly. Because which the I, amount which of is chilling. why I think, I think people that think they're going to get, like, a sell the news and, oh, I'm going to buy it then. It's like, good luck with your shit. I've already bought mine. Yeah, you're going to get institutional <laughs> money and, like, yeah. even, like, you know, IRAs and stuff. Bro, no one's going to, no one is going to use Coinbase, like, all big money. Like, if you think about it from this perspective, if you had millions of dollars to deploy, are you really going to use that millions of dollars and just buy it on Coinbase? No, no, you're gonna you're, you're gonna go you're, through Coinbase exactly. indirectly through BlackRock, but you still well, go through Coinbase. Just remember, what I'm, pump, my, what I'm, pump my pump my Coinbase bags. I get what you're saying, but pump my Coinbase bag. Yeah. what are you doing? Coinbase is a good I, Coinbase is a great on ramp and you know uh, place to buy Bitcoin or whatever. But what I'm saying is a lot of this older money, family office, etc. It's like they're not going to go self custody or no, like no, be no, responsible. No. They're just like, hey, give me the safest cleanest possible way to get you know three percent exposure, exposure yeah, to bitcoin correct. and this correct. is that and then there's going to be commercials and there's going it's going to be you know like people people as you go around you watch these tiktoks and shit where these guys will be like so uh you know why do you why do you hate trump and people are like oh i hate him because he's a racist and it's like well what did he do that was racist and like people don't even know and it's like the reason why they're saying that is because they've just heard it on the, the media so much so like People, it's so funny how people will discount the media in some senses and then not realize like how powerful they are. Like the media literally made everyone think that Trump is a racist and this, that, the other. And it's like, but no one has any actual proof for the most part. Like, sure, maybe there's something you could find. But what I'm just saying is the media is powerful. So when the media gets on the side of Bitcoin and says it runs, it's the best thing ever. And here's how you can get it. It's like, would you want to fade that? Like, Bro, that is the last thing that you want to fade. That's exactly no, what you want. People, people will see the advertising, whatever, and they buy. Like, there's no question about it. So the top buyers aren't even close. Like, you'll know when, when, when you know, pretty much like there's a whole bunch of TV advertising and stuff coming out. And like, oh, okay, you know, the, like <laughs> the retail's coming in until they see advertising. They're not even showing up. Not really. I'm, well, I take that back. Once Bitcoin runs past its prior high. Um, retail will start showing up at that point. And the reason is because like uh, everyone will be start getting euphoric at that point. Same thing happened that last season, like where I think it was like Christmas time or thereabouts. I don't remember when. And then like 2020, um, the end of 2020, like um, BTC kind of breaks prior high and then kind of starts running. And I bought a ton of BTC on the break. I do this sometimes, like just break out, trade it and just buy it. And um and uh, like, will I do that again if BTC breaks high? Probably, <laughs> probably do the same thing again. It worked every single time. 
it's never not worked except for like 2022 when it double topped. Um, but anyway, and I didn't buy that particular double top because I was, I was uh, just not interested at that moment. But anyway, what do you what do you think is the ultimate top signal this this time around, Sefi? Because the last the last two times it's been Coinbase oh, is the I- number one. Coinbase is the number one downloaded app in the App Store. Could that happen? Like, ooh, what, yeah, that's a good. You know what I mean? I think that, like, I what's, think the, what's the next one? one? I think that's a good one. Um, but how does that work though? If so many what? people have Coinbase already, like, how does it become the top downloaded app again? It will. It will again. It will again. It's yeah. So well, small. it becomes the reason why is because like when it's running, the um, the newbie is the one that's buying the app, not, yeah, not the existing people. So what it's a signal of is how many newbies are showing up. More so than like new new else. bodies coming in, but yeah. like I was saying, Shippy, you know Coinbase is the uh, the custodian for like ninety percent of the ETFs, so they're just making money in the back end. Either way, they're all the, all the crypto trading goes through Coinbase. So, if you put that in perspective, it's pretty pretty insane. The amount of control of the amount of Bitcoin Coinbase will be in control of through the custody service is going to be surreal. They already yeah, have. It's the, the, not the really, and it's not yeah. really a good thing either. It's like no, it's very centralized. Yeah, very yeah. centralized. It's like one entity is going to control. Maybe at one, like, do they already have? I think a million plus right now. Uh, more than that, they probably have like a million and a half actually right now, or two million Bitcoin. Like the crazy amount of Bitcoin in retrospect to the world between their custody and the exchange, and you know that number is just going to go up, up, up with all these ETFs. So pretty insane. Pretty insane. Can you see if it's like not the top downloaded app or like where can you see those metrics at? Because if it gets yeah. into the top 10, it's like, I think it, tells, right, it says in the app store. You go to app store and then you go to apps. They used to have like a page. I don't. They have a separate page. Uh, you can get there's like a desktop thing, too. I'm for sure like going to say app store ranking oh. or something. Here you go. Top three apps and you can see yeah. all. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like maybe there's a website or something like that that's attached that has like an no, API saying, feed. It shows it in real time on their on their in their in the, in yeah. the after. But it would be intro. What what does it show that the total page is it like 10, 20? Oh uh, no, we're already I'm already 100 plus in. I'm 120 in, and I haven't seen Coinbase yet. That's how you know we're early, bro. Yeah, so I'm up. It's I'm 200 in. Still haven't seen Coinbase yet. Yeah, that would be so funny. Is like your selling metric. It's like all right, every time you can that just Coinbase type, goes I think up, you can type like Google um, App Store ranking for Coinbase app or something, and it'll pull up the. Let's see, because I went through the top. It. I went through the top 200. It wasn't in there. Okay, cool. But wouldn't that be six? Effie is like a, a trading indicator. So you're like, all right, every time that Coinbase goes up by like 10 apps in the App Store. I sell, a bit. <laughs> yeah, sell some more. <laughs> like that's my indicator. That's, that's the only that's indicator really need. I need, baby. And it's like you you port that into TradingView that data. Uh, seriously, that's a, that's human behavior, bro. Trade. They say trading yeah. is all just human behavior. So it's like I know if this shit's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, eventually it's going to explode. Yeah, like, but you know what I've what I've more or less done is like I'm like I'm looking at these charts, going, hey, I think we're still very early. I'm trying like to to prevent myself from going into disbelief. Like, you know, with inflation running high and whatever else, like in my head, I keep thinking, oh, this is too good to be true and everything has to dump again. And there's just not that much retail at play here. And who's going to be buying all these coins from us and stuff, right? Like that kind of mindset slips in yeah, quite easily. You're, you're, but- you're, you're living in a world like, 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 People yeah. got to put this, all these people on this call, you're like in a whole different planet than the rest of society. Oh, of course. It's of like, course. you're like in a fucking world that's like so, 
so far into this shit. Like we're so fucked up in DGen, like compared to the rest of the world, you know, you just put it but in like, perspective. Oh, for example, when I last bought BTC at like 3,500 or something like that. And then the previous time before that, about 3,000, like mm-hmm. those years, like 20, was it 2018? And then also back in like uh, 2020 at the COVID crash and all that. Um, like the, the sentiment at that time was absolutely abysmal. If you guys recall, um, it was like end of the world type shit. Like, you know, oh, Bitcoin miners have been kicked out of China and like there's a hash rate capitulation uh, and like everything went to shit. And then the prices like, you know, bottomed out. And after that, it's like, you know, in one way it was the deep best signal of all because like it just represents the like the most wicked capitulation you could ever consider. And it happened. And so like I did buy then. And uh, but like that following year, like as 2020 went along, like I wasn't particularly very like bullish on crypto necessarily. Um, but a lot of stuff was being built in the background, like and a bunch of people are holding groups about NFTs and all that shit. And I wasn't really paying attention. And I think I wasn't really paying attention 2020 at all. In fact, I didn't make this Twitter account till like 21, I believe. Um, early 21 and i was watching other platforms and stuff and i wasn't particularly super bullish on the crypto space um at that time um so you know 20 you know having btc finally run past 20k and run was pretty awesome of course like but was i fully expecting it not really i was in a bit of, of disbelief then and i'm in disbelief now so i'm like it's probably a good sign that i'm in disbelief it probably means everything runs <laughs> you know it's like like like, who are the new buyers? Where are they going to come in and when and what? And, you know, we, we overthink these things for sure. But um, we'll, we shall see. Like, the unemployment numbers and stuff in the U.S. have continued to remain reasonable. Uh, and inflation's still running a little bit high, like 3% plus. But still, like, um, economy is not really showing a lot of, like, slowing signs, even with all the, the various banking problems and, you know, interest rates being high and everything else. It's pretty interesting. Outside of commercial real estate, which is kind of shitty, um, like, I don't know. We could have some other events happen this year, though, with all that stuff. Um, so I think people should be careful with leverage and stuff. But um, I don't know. It's I, I think we're doing fine as far as, like, happening metrics and stuff. Um, it would also be interesting if, like, crypto runs um, – much more aggressively than they say the stock market that's actually that would be a really good thing we really decouple from it because then that would imply that you know that the sector is coming into its own it also implies that like um you know like like people are perfectly happy to gamble in crypto even if stock markets aren't doing great so i think the meat of the move in the stock market's already been had like i bought like my portfolio from like october onward last october um which is now like, I guess the 2022 October, um, that portfolio is up like 25% so far, all the stocks and shit I posted that I bought. And like, I think the, the most of that growth has already been had. Maybe it runs maybe another, I don't know, doubling from there. I suppose it's possible. Bunch of money on the sidelines. That would be bullish for crypto, but I'm not, I'm not banking on it. I'm banking that like crypto is going to do much better than my stock portfolio will at, from this point forward. Uh, what, what about you, Logan? Do you have any stocks or are you just purely crypto right now? As far as your speculative bag? I'm eating dinner. I'll, I'll oh. respond in a little bit. Okay. I'm eating brisket, Seppi. Oh, good. That's good. Um, I'm making some tomato bisque right now. Since I'm off today, I've got a lot more time to fuck around. The last three weeks have been busy as hell. 
anyway, Fox, you still driving around or are you home? Anyway, if anyone wants to hop up and show their coins or mention a chart that's interesting or something like that, feel free. Interested in seeing what people are doing. Hey, uh, Sefi, what, what do you think of Jackal? Can you take a look at that chart? Jackal is what? Jackal Dow? What is it? What is it? JKL. It's uh, a file. Uh, it's where you can store your files for a penny, basically. Let me see here. It's a Cosmos chain. Well, it's broken past prior high, so it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, it's only um, came out when? Like um, this year, huh? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it came About out last year. Cents. This past last year. It is like 12 cents when it opened. It popped like um, over the summer, I believe, or maybe earlier in the year to like 40 cents. Um, and now it's 48 cents. So it broke its prior high after a pretty good retracement down to, let me pull the numbers up here. It pulled all the way down to like two cents, three cents area. And now is at 48 cents. Um, it's market caps only 33 mil, but it's FDV is about 63 mil. Um, trading volumes only $168,000. Not bad, but I would say like, uh, if I was going to like decide whether, cause at these market caps, these are all like relatively kind of higher risk in a sense. Um, if I'm going to be picking between higher risk plays, I think, uh, Zephyr is the much more obvious high risk play here in terms of like the traded volume on Zephyr right now, just as a reference point, just so you kind of understand like the difference between these two things is like night and day. Like. Um, that was like under $200,000 volume and Zephyr has been running, uh, 1.4 million trading volume on 60 mil market cap at the moment. And it's been doing like $800,000 plus market cap. I mean, volumes almost every day, if not more for the past, like two months. So compa compared to market cap, I see very few coins at this level running those kinds of trading volume numbers. So I, and that could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I'm not sure if it's automatically bullish, but like if I was buying Jackal versus anything else right now, I'd probably pick, um, I'd probably pick Zephyr instead. It's much more liquid too. So if you have to buy a lot of a coin, you're going to have to wonder what's going to happen when you sell too. And if you have a lot more trading volume, you have the opportunity to sell your actual gains as opposed to like, you know, massive slippage when you try to sell your big bag. So it, I think you could play yeah, Jackal. Sense. You can play Jackal for sure. I don't know what it is or what it does or any of that shit, but like it's, it's not a bad like opportunity this early in the bull market for sure. Um, I don't know if it represents the like, you know, like in the ranking of like, what, what is it in your ranking of like best shit to buy is on a one to 10 level? Like where, where do you stand on that one? You know, I mean, it's, it's probably a five. I, I just see it's, it's getting some play and uh, Andromeda is partnering with them doing something. I don't know exactly what, but just okay. starting to see a lot more on my timeline. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some things that Andromeda is going to work with. Um, I would think like file storage would be one of them. Um, NFTs would be another thing. Uh, another thing also would be random, random, um, random number generation, which is important for like gambling and other tactics. 
So I would think that like uh, noise protocol, N-O-I-S, I believe it's going to be launching soon too. I don't know what kind of, um, I don't know how much it's going to list for and stuff, but these are like micro cap projects and stuff. I don't know how much attention they're going to get. That's the other thing about Jackal. Um, like small cap Cosmos projects, the problem with them is like, they really go unnoticed for long periods of time. So like you have to be comfortable, like let's say you buy it and it like decides to dip into oblivion during the bull market. You're going to be like, you're going to be stuck with your money there. But on top of that, you're going to need to hold it for sometimes years to materialize the benefits. So I think that's another uh, like thing to consider on those. Yeah, it makes sense. I, Fox, your voice is completely gone, man. It's like, it sounds so weird. <laughs> you might have to reconnect. Hey, I attended, uh, I guess it's about a month ago. Uh, remember Lunomics, Shigeo? Yeah. He did like, he did like a call here about a month ago uh-huh. and about when he was uh, going to exit uh, crypto. I guess his story was that he, uh, he borrowed against his house during this bear market and and uh, went in, you know, a lot of different coins and stuff. Um, but he said his plan was as soon as uh, Bitcoin, it's his, it's all time high. And 2x is when he's averaging out. So he's starting, let's say Bitcoin's all time high with 69 grand. He's going to be averaging out all the way up to 120 grand is kind of his plan. I, th- I thought that made sense to me uh, when it started averaging yep. out. Because a lot of these small cap coins, it's, it's going to be hard just to get out without losing a bunch of slippage. But if you can average out, it's probably a lot better plan. Well, he got plenty wrecked um, during the Luna UST crash and was really successful otherwise before that. And um, he's like, he's super interested in, you know, handling his family finances properly and like making sure whatever he gambles, he gets back. And uh, definitely like locks in some of those profits. So he's not, he's not interested in too much gambling at this point. Although, uh, borrowing against your house to buy crypto, I guess, is something you can do. Um, I'm fortunate that I don't have to do that kind of thing, but, you know, there are people that do it. For sure. Hey, Fildo, tell me about Bostrom, man. Let me hear Let me hear the good stuff. Oh, God. What do you want to know? <laughs> I can't make heads or tails of what's <laughs> going on in there. I just bought it. <laughs> that's pretty much the consensus is they're either like trolling because they like overbuilt it and literally made it so complicated it's obvious nobody could ever figure it out or they have like plans to maybe streamline it but uh i don't know i just find it a really interesting project like they've they've built like so much in that little project so far and it's like really unknown so i don't know it's one you got to pay attention to the way i understand it is decentralized uh our uh chat gpt basically is what it is yeah it's like a, it's it's kind of weird that concept like it's definitely a very experimental thing it has a super intelligence that learns from cyberlinks that you can enter so right now there's not any reason to spend the time doing that but i guess they're going to add like incentives so you can like get get a meme coin or something for submitting hyperlinks to help the super intelligence learn so it's all like uh like user submitted individually instead of using like algorithms to train it so the idea is that it can be like a more pure uh, super intelligence potentially it could also just totally not work <laughs> yeah every time i go to the website it kind of reminds me of like a beautiful mind like there's just all this information everywhere and yeah 
it's hard to make heads and tails. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You can totally rabbit hole trying to trying to like research their weird little like there's the space pussy coin is like a meme coin on there that uh, there's like a lot of infrastructure involved in that. There's even like a space pussy chain. Bill, you probably bought the space pussy pussy coin. I bet. Oh yeah, I bought it immediately. Anything that has anything to do with a cat, you pretty much are on yeah. board. I'm pretty yeah. sure. After Miatrader, I, I know you well enough. I know you well enough to know that shit. <laughs> exactly. Miatrader was to this day the best thing ever built on Terra. It's just no one recognized it. Well, they could. Is it still there? Uh, I think it's like relatively deprecated. They seemed to. Uh, they just vanished in the crash. Yeah, I would imagine. It'd be nice if they were building on another project because that was actually like like that uh that gridbot thing with B Luna and stuff. It was it was like a really cool product. Like whoever built that was very smart. What's the deal with USK on Kujira, by the way? I haven't used any of it. Um, but like is it like is how scalable is it? Because it never seems like you can mint USK. Uh, I mint it all the time, but in small amounts. Um, I don't know if the caps are per asset or I'm not actually sure exactly how that works, but the caps are per asset. It's per asset. Okay, so yeah. I think for SD Adam, it's like a million dollars. So how over collateralized is it on there? Um, each asset has a different it's, ratio, I think. Like the higher, the more liquid ones, you can borrow more, but uh, I think the highest you can borrow is 60%. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. So it's like, you know, they're, they're moving slow, Sefi, uh, w- with the caps, you know, just to keep it. So safe. maybe like 140% over collateralized, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. And some of the, the, like the lower liquidity are not 60%. They're like 20% or something. So I think they're. No, the only, only reason I br- brought that up is when you said Mount Meow Trader, it was like, um, you know, a lot of what made it possible to do a lot of interesting trading on Terra was the fact that you had plenty of liquid UST floating around and use that as your, you know, on-chain thing. Yeah. And on chain, the, the UST was always um, on peg, right? Because like it's on that chain. <laughs> so the beauty of that was you could reliably use it as an on-chain trading um, apparatus, the UST. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of the trading activity on Terra was because of the stables and stables related liquidity. And the trouble on Cosmos with like stables otherwise is like I, I don't know that anyone's decided that what the absolute like most liquid stable coin ought to be. So what ends up happening is you have a little bit of tether, you have a little bit of circle, you have a little this, that. You wind up with so many different um, stables, and each of them is like liquidity fragmented. Yeah. You don't get especially the great now we experience. have two versions of USDC that are like highly used. So like that's just taking one and splitting it in half essentially. Yeah, that's weird. And the end user experience is confusing too. They don't know what the fuck all yeah, that stuff is. Yeah. TFM finally fixed it, but they just yeah. had a list of, if you put USDC, it just listed five USDCs and it didn't tell you which was which. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the, the this sort of like user uh, confusion and liquidity fragmentation problems uh, are just kind of a constant issue in in. I mean, it's a constant issue generally in in DeFi, but um, I wonder if like a it really was would not... help. I mean, that's like a scary word to even say because we all know what what happened from that. But but I wonder if something like that in Cosmos would be logical. Probably so. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you almost you'd almost you'd like you deploy sort of like a, a secondary stable, but it's backed by all the other right. You know. Right. 
you could USDC just have like and USDT and whatever with, that, with like all four of them that you can enter or something. Uh huh. Exactly. It's like a mixed pool. Um, I don't know if they're working on such such a thing. Next time I talk to Sunny, I'll ask him. Yeah, that'd be smart. I mean, they have, they clearly just combine the two like concentrated LPs they have into one kind of thing. Well, and then Cosmos has another issue, right? It's the IBC thing. Like, not only do you have all these different coins, but each of them have their own IBC channel, and you have to figure out how to get thing from one place to the other. And there's no guarantee that like there's an IBC channel uh, for the stable coin you happen to be using to the actual chain that you happen to want to use it on. That gets mysterious too for people. Yeah. Like, do I use Noble USD or do I use whatever? Noble is nice because it's um, uh, actually I think they're both on every single Cosmos chain, at least that I use. Um, so Noble has been pretty good. And Noble, you can two hop. In general, what's your in general what's your default stable you're using on Cosmos now? I'm spread between them just because the ghost lending rates fluctuate. So I, that's like where most of my stables are. So I just have kind of an equal amount of like USK USDC and Axelar USDC on there. What's your favorite stuff to do on Ghost? So Ghost is a protocol in Kujira that does what exactly? Uh, it's like a lending that protocol know. that they use. There's a lot on the back end that I actually don't understand. It's it's a really powerful app right now. So they're using... What What are you lending, though? Are you lending your Kujira, or what are you lending? I'm just lending yeah. stables. The, it's been like 20% to 40% APY on stables, like consistently. It's been really good. Interesting. So they're looking for stable, uh, but like, how does that yield get paid out? So it's paid by borrowers. It's it's like a real yield system. So that's where it's interesting is they they're obviously okay. using it okay. for something because I don't I don't think your average borrower is paying that much, but I think they're using it to leverage LPs or something like that or order books. So uh, so it's got some pretty cool stuff going on. So they're incentivizing effectively your your willingness to like supply stables there yeah yeah and, and, fairly, fairly and they could deal. be like new. how safe how safe do you feel like that system is like you can deploy like 100 million dollars on and you're like yeah sure nah, or, i mean you know. i'm pretty yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean it's always a risk. it's like you can throw pennies on there yeah i mean i feel pretty safe with kadira like like as DeFi goes but like i don't know i don't think i could ever feel safe with like a serious amount of money in any of, the, any of this crap so most of that is like relatively small potatoes for you yeah yeah i also just don't have a lot of money <laughs> yeah i mean whatever it is like the thing is like how much question of like ultimately how much risk people are willing to take on those type of things for yield and stuff yeah i mean i do um, like that it's just single-sided lending and it's not directly like incentivized like it's incentivized from actual borrowers paying it so you know there's maybe less of a house of cards there but um, I also think, you know, they could be like using the borrowing to boost those APYs to draw liquidity as possible too. So you never know. Here's a question since you sort of play with this a bit, but like Kujira's price currently, how much of it, how much of the current price level do you believe is because of leverage versus um, like actual spot buys? Not much because they've been really smart. There's not a lot of ways to leverage Kuji. Really? You can you can like okay. borrow so like way. I can borrow Osmo against Kuji, but um, but like uh -huh. obviously that's like pretty difficult to you know do much with. So yeah, the, huh. yeah they've they've built it around like not actually being able to leverage Kuji too much. It's to do it. Yeah, if you well if you borrow Osmo against it, you could definitely go and buy like a lot of microcaps yeah. um, on osmosis though. Yeah, you could goof around with that, so but then if Osmo if Osmo moves. Bags, <laughs> Yeah, if people's Kuji bags are going up and they're able to borrow like maybe 10 or 20% off their Kuji. And they're, they, you know, they go and do that and they go use, get Osmo with that. And then they go on to Osmosis and buy some microcaps. It could be part of the reason why yeah. 
like the more leverage in the system, more the micro caps will tend to pop. Yeah, that could be. You could also like, uh, you could probably figure out a strategy to like borrow Osmo and stake it, you know, and like just use rewards or something like that. That would depend on the rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you end up picking up any Huji on this latest dip or uh, not really? Or your bags are loaded? Looks like we're at 448 Kuji right now, which is pretty good. Yeah, I got a little around. Oh. Can you hear me? I'm like lagging right now. Yeah, you're good now. I can hear you now. Um, ooh, uh, Zephyr on the charts starting to take off now. Made it to 22, which is good. Um, making progress. So I think the last two times we hit 22, it kind of got, or 21 something got rejected. So it's slowly kind of getting there now. It's got a nice bottom. Third time the time. formed here. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's got kind of a perfect chart. It really does. Um, I think um, part of that might be mar the market makers um, sort of like working the chart a little bit. Because notice how its higher lows are like perfect. Like they're yeah, it is a little like weird. if you look day after day, slightly lower, slightly higher, slightly higher. Each low is like just slightly higher, and it just creates like a perfect line almost. So it's quite possible that there's like um, you know they've entered some kind of strategy where they're setting their limit orders a certain way and moving their limit orders upwards so that they can put in a higher floor price. Yeah, I could just... Because eventually what happens is... So the way market making works is like the volume starts to fall off. And market makers make money when there's volume because people are buying and selling. So they've realized that the level, this particular level has like relatively little volume left over. Then... Um, then they feel like they can then move the limit price of the floor up or outright buy a coin, I suppose, um, with the cash that they sold higher for. And then they can do that rinse and repeat and continue to trade. So market makers on these small levels are basically just like the smart money trader, essentially. And there's going to come a point where those guys are just buying. And, um, and I think that's what puts in that floor ultimately, not necessarily retail buyers buying the exact bottom. And then as the volume falls off, then it's like, how do, where do we find more volume? You find more, more volume by pumping the coin and people start kind of piling in. And then it, it goes into some blow off top at some point. And then um, again, rinse and repeat. It, it, it does the whole consolidation, drags, and then they can make money buying and selling all the way down again. Um, same story. So I, I don't know how big the market maker pool is, um, like how much. So if you go to MEXC, like how much of that exchange volume is market makers and their orders versus users and their orders and limit orders, right? I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure how that works and how much the team gave to them. They didn't provide that information. Hmm. But yeah, good day is coming, I think. I think January is going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, Zeph at $21.99 on sale at Walmart. Um, yeah, it just needs to kind of break 25 or so. But I think the, the run-ups tend to be much faster than the run-downs. So, like, the bleeds might take triple the amount of time it takes to go up. So, I think within about one month, we should see the next Ceph top, if I had to guess. Nice. I'm going I'm to tell you something. When the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, 
You gonna love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning, and I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun, and then I'm like one out of a hundred. I'm just building up on it to some of everything we built her in the last hundred upsets. You're getting salty, feeling faulty. You ain't no man. I keep robo here, grinning near to ear, throwing up anarchy, smoking toiletries, spitting philosophies. Look at the dossier, we rack like geology. There's layers to this shit, like it's sedimentary. All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried. Imagine the smell. That shit is a vital experience without knowing how you will not survive, period. Uh, <laughs> he's a fucking trip, man. To me, if you to me if you listen to this right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death. Like on a spaceship alive, you little troglodyte bastard. I hope you fucking listen. I hope you come to my house soon. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and my dogs, man. You just a little rat, man. Go on, fuck off, man. Do one. Harmony. Me and the one. Do you looking for a fucking job? You fucking idiot. You've just been fucking at the desk. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy I'm just here for the corporation sponsor But bottomy feels like I won the lottery Like I'm ghosting this pottery Chill, Demi Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle You would try to train your muscle Air dropping like a fatal hustle But the pay is buzzing Think of all the loss accrued Just to pick up off the tricky custom Not to hear all those sub Would make up for something I guess it just goes to show The fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here I like my little silo It's better than watching them fight over How to divide my time between Sitting at the desk and the ride home Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi Zapdos and Moldy shipping more than five guys Console open, waiting for the kamikaze When the flash phone bang, they feeling like paparazzi Snapshot motherfuckers We got layers, meteor, a jawbreaker We cracking a lot of craters We rapping a lot of pay dirt Maxing out relayers Imagine the smell, five dollar wrench to your Darth Vader It's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance That everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators are. We know, we know where they live. And we're going to their house. We're going to their house. We have a big range. And we will attack them at the range. And then we will take their validator node physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench, and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop, don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just give us your validator note, and then they give it to us, and we drive it to China. Ten spaces. <laughs> <laughs>